day, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Weekend Wrap, brought to you by Crowcast, of course. And by God, the people that were in the stage got a very, very good <laughs> pre-show entertainment there. Uh, I won't go into it all, but oh my God, it was hilarious. Um, welcome everyone who's joined us on Discord and on YouTube, of course. Um, thanks for joining us as always. Thanks for all your support. If you are listening uh, on demand uh, down during the week, don't forget you can join our Discord channel. The um, links, etc., are in our descriptions and in our link in our feeds and socials and all the rest of it. Um, it's a good place to be during match day and also during the week. There's plenty of chat going on, um, so well worth it. I'll tell you what else is well worth it is uh, actually trying to get what? Maka. Where the hell are you? I've got a blank screen now. What the hell are you doing? <laughs> there you are. <laughs> I've got. I haven't got you. Oh mate, you don't need me. Do you want me? No, you don't Not need really. me, mate. No, you don't need Not... me. <laughs> Bloody hell! Now, now, Macca, point your camera a little bit down so we can see more than just the top of you. It's gone. There you go. Look at that. Now, for all those watching, I did. I tried my hardest. I spent the last month looking at Macca's green curtain, and I thought, no, nah, I've had a gutful of this. <laughs> so I tried to get him to uh, put a background on um, on on his Teams chat, but do you reckon I could do it? No. <laughs> it was. A... I think it's one of those things. Yeah, but one worth it. Possibly the funniest thing I've had happen all week, Mac. I'll just crank you up there a little bit so people can actually. Well, I told you I'd had a shit day all day. It's just continued. That's all. <laughs> oh look, look, it's good to have you along, though, mate. Thanks very much for that. Um, uh, and I know you're struggling, so if you do happen to disappear again, <laughs> it's either you've pressed the wrong button or you're about to press a button. <laughs> Yeah, no, for the for the crew out there, I've I've had a very bad uh, gastro today, so uh, um, I haven't touched a drop, so I'm not pissed or anything like that. It's just um, feeling really uh, a bit weak. That's all. Yeah, well, look, you know, after last week's shenanigans and and rocking up to the to the cast three bottles in, uh, Orange. I'm not, Orange, I'm yeah. not gonna. I'm Orange not gonna say you deserved it. I was fully in, not three quarters. <laughs> oh, shit. Look, uh, nice to have you along anyway. Um, what do you think, mate? I, I guess uh, the game on uh, Saturday was enough to make you sick, yeah? Look, it frustrates me because we haven't got the best team around. That, that There's no argument about that. I will say this, though. He has got them. They try very hard. But once it comes to having shots at goals, I mean, under nines and under tens would uh, have kicked better for goal than our blokes do. Let's take it up to 14s or 16s, 30 metres out, straight in front. You've got to kick them every day of the week. And yes. I reckon probably we would have blew, I don't know, would it be six, eight, something like that, shots at goal that normally an AFL footballer should kick. And therein yep. lies the tail of the tape. It was the same two against GWS. Two weeks running, Mac. Two weeks yeah. running. Um, it's a real problem. And it's one of those things, as you well know, that it gets into your head. 
um, and before you know it, it becomes a bit of a virus, and um, it's once it's stuck in there, it's very difficult to get rid of, and uh, he's going to have to do something during the week just to break that cycle because uh, we look, we're not playing well enough for long enough to be able to. Um, you know, not make the most of the opportunities when they're uh, presented to us. And when we do get momentum, we have to make the most of it. And two weeks running now, we haven't. And two weeks running, had we had made the most of our opportunities, it could have changed the complexion of the game. As it was, we spent all our tickets getting to within a point. And uh, really, we could have actually wiped out that deficit and been in front at three-quarter time. Exactly. You know, and when you're playing, there's nothing more demoralising than... You know, you've worked your your ass off to get the ball down your end, and then somebody's got an easy shot for goal. They blow it, and the opposition then get the ball, and they sweep it down the ground and get a goal in return. And uh, you, you know, you, whether you want to or not, there's no doubt about it. You just drop a little bit, and um, when it happens time after time, you start to think to yourself, "Well, I won't say what you really think, but you know, it's um, it, you, you just." It, it becomes contagious, uh, you know, in the sense that the next yeah. bloke having himself a goal, he starts uh, to doubt himself. It's all about belief, just total That's belief. Right. Yeah, and when you work your ass off to get a, a finally get a bloody um, a nice shot 30 metres out like Tex had there at one stage, and for him just to basically half shank it, um, you know, you could see the, the, the complete deflation in the in the players around him. They'd work their guts off to get the ball into that position um so you know look never mind uh look before we get into talking about our game in full why don't we do what we always do um maca and talk about the weekend's results shall we yeah and i'll keep it as quick quickly as i can um oh well we start... know, so so hang on a minute before we get on to this right so people complained when we took 15 minutes to go through the weekend's results, right? So I thought, all right, fair enough. It's a Crows podcast. We won't spend so long getting through the weekend's results. So we whizzed through it and people complained. So I'm going to make an executive decision. Uh, people that are listening, you can, if you don't want to hear the weekend's results or if you don't want to hear us waffle on for 10 minutes or so on the weekend's results, then go and make a cup of coffee, pour yourself a glass of wine, Tell the kids off. Take the dog for a walk. We'll be back with the crows stuff in about ten minutes. But Macca, you and I are going to talk about the weekend's results uh, because I enjoy what you've got to say and I enjoy talking about it too. What do you reckon? Let's start. Um, All right. Thursday night we had Carlton getting up by eight points over Geelong, ninety to eighty-two. Um, reasonably entertaining game. Carlton benefited, um, I think, from just having a little bit more strength in the midfield. What do you reckon, Mac? Yeah, it, it was. Uh, I thought it was a quality game actually, because you know some very good players out there. Um, and Carlton had gone to and played very well to get a four goal lead at three quarter time. And I thought they would probably run on and, and spank along here. But um, even though they are a fairly old team with a few newbies added in, um, Geelong did make a good comeback. And uh, but they, you know, they just you know uh, Carlton hung on. I think it was eight points in the end. I think something like yep. that. Uh, yeah, and but we did see. I thought two stars in action. Um, Kerno, you've just got to say, wouldn't you love to have him at the Crows? Just Kerno, he's just an outstanding player. He kicked, well, he kicked five. And who who did we pick just before Kerno in his draft year? Um, 
Oh, it'd be Billy the Goose or something like that. No, it wasn't Billy the Goose. It was uh, somebody that we dropped off. Uh, I, can't, I can't remember. Someone in the chat will tell me, but we picked someone that was a failure. Oh, uh, Wayne Miller we picked. I yeah, think. well, he, he has been a failure, I would say. Yep. Yeah, Miller um, instead of uh, Kerno, so that would have been handy. Anyway, never mind. And, and then, and the other player I did want to mention was who's possibly the best player in the AFL at the moment, and it's Cameron. Six goals and twenty-five disposals. He's playing in the four line, but he's roaming all around the ground. He's just a brilliant player. He's brilliant. probably the most informed forward at the moment, I would say. He's not just a forward though. I mean, he took Martin no, in, the back, in the back pocket. Yeah, yeah. Uh, never mind. Um, all right, uh, then on the Friday night, we had an interesting game made all the more interesting by Brisbane's uh, weird power outages. Uh, the Lions hanging on in the end by 11 points. They would have been dark, pardon the pun, if they'd have lost that game. Uh, 93 to 82 over Melbourne. Uh, looked good for most of it. Melbourne looked surprisingly out of sorts, but um, just couldn't get their midfield going this week, Melbourne. Oh, big factor though. Gorn gone. Gorn went down early in the uh, yep. first quarter. Yeah, which was a big factor in the game, I thought. Um, yeah, look, I think that that uh, it was strange that I think it was possibly about a twenty twenty five minute delay that favoured uh, Melbourne, who came out full of running, and they were six goal down, and in the end, it was only uh, oh, what was it? Less than two goals, wasn't it? Yep, at the end. Uh, 11 points, yep. Yeah, so, uh, and Oliver was Oliver was a beast all day, but he was a real beast in that last 10 minutes or so, whatever, the game, whatever it was. He was just everywhere. Uh, I'd love, I mean, he's he's not a pretty-looking footballer, but, but there's not many better. Doesn't it show you, though, how interesting it is that when a team actually has a, a break, which amounted to a fairly lengthy timeout, uh, with what I think it was about twelve minutes to go, they are able to regroup, change their game style completely, go for broke, and nearly pull it off. It makes you realise how um, how one dimensional sometimes uh, footy teams and coaches are that they can't change tack during the course of a game without that sort of a break. It. You know, if a, if, a, if a club or a team could ever pull off the ability to change momentum like that uh, or change the way that they play during the course of a quarter and just completely reshape their their approach, uh, I, re- I reckon they'd, they'd slaughter everyone. Yeah, look, it's a very hard thing to do because you're trying to watch all those different positions. And whereas if you've got 20 minutes, you can analyse uh, bit by bit. And... Um, I think over the years there's probably been one or two coaches and perhaps had you know three premierships or that on the trot to have been able to to do something like mm. that thing, mm. but very hard, very hard to do. Yeah, uh, Mount Blight used to be able to do stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, he's one. Yeah. All right. The next game was uh, very entertaining for a variety of reasons. First of all, Collingwood are quite entertaining to watch, and second of all, they thump Port Adelaide. By 71 points, if you don't mind, 135 to 64. And uh, there goes the March Premiers once again. 
Yeah, I'll uh, never win a flag while I got Kenny. I actually like Kenny as a person. I think he's a good man, but Port will never win a flag under Kenny. Um, and, it's, and it's very, very noticeable, the thing, that every time a good assistant leaves Port, like Voss left, um, then uh, going back about four or five years ago, maybe six years ago, when they lost a couple of good uh, assistant coaches then, they went down the tube as well, which really yeah. means he can't, coach, he can't coach and they never get a flag while, he's, while he is a coach. Um, just a couple of players to mention there. Dacos, outstanding as always. Horn Francis, I thought spat the dummy a couple of times and didn't do very much. And uh, yeah. Billy Billy Frampton uh, played a useful game for uh, Collingwood. Wasn't a terrible game by Billy. Um, and I did notice uh, Horn Francis stopped to a walk instead of chase uh, a yep. couple of times there. And uh, that's going to be a feature of his career, I reckon, when things aren't going his way. His career will be defined by how he how he can build some resilience, uh, because at the moment it's all one way traffic with Horn Francis. Well put. He only had, I think, forty nine or fifty two um, fantasy points what? this week. Yeah. Yep. Um, and uh, I was surprised he had that much. To be honest, he had absolutely no impact on the game. Rosie, uh, a little bit more impact on the game. Port Port have too few good players in my opinion they have a, a pretty decent midfield uh, but they have a misfiring forward line and I think they have a bog average defence to be honest with you agree with every every comment of that yep. now who did uh, Craig McRae used to be an assistant at Macca um, Richmond right was... Richmond yeah Yeah. and who are, who are Collingwood playing like at the moment very much like Richmond, yeah. 100%. 100%. Yeah, he either learnt very well from Damien Hardwick or he was the architect down there at Richmond because they are playing that same run-and-gun football, bullocking it forward. They've got quality around the ball um, and they've got uh, a couple of good pillars either end. And, um, yeah, watch out. Uh, we'll skip our game for a sec and we'll move on to... Um, uh, the Bulldogs getting done by 51 points over resurgent St Kilda under Russie Lane and I'm really pissed off because I thought I tipped St Kilda until I looked at my tips and realised I tipped bloody Western Bulldogs. Idiot. Uh, well, I did tip St Kilda, thing. Um Yeah, good call. Uh, they, they, are a re- they are a revitalised team. Um, they were, it's interesting. Uh, I've never been a fan of Ross Lyons, but um, he must have something about him um, because... He has impact when he first goes to a club. Now, whether he can uh, sustain that, I don't know. Um, but um, as far as the Bulldogs are concerned, there's a comment in the chat says they're done. Well, they are done. Um, and uh, I think Luke Beveridge is in, he's in real problems because that team looked very, very ordinary. And he's got some good players that only play average football as well. And, he, and, and he's one that doesn't seem to be able to think on his feet either. Yeah. So um, Just... Um Going back to Craig McRae real quick, I have a feeling we may have knocked back his application when uh, when the coaching job opened up that Matty Nick's got. Yeah. I'm pretty sure Craig McRae applied. He did apply, and we did not. He was uh, talked about at one stage as a likely candidate, and then Nick's oh boy. got it. Oh boy! Yeah. Oh boy! Oh uh, boy! Dear oh dear. Um, anyway, yeah, I agree with you with Rossi Lyon. He does seem to straighten up teams very quickly 
Um, they still look like they lack cattle, in my opinion, but he's got them working very well as a team. But I agree with you. And this is my observation of Western Bulldogs last year too, Mac. They, they just look like they're playing without any system whatsoever. There is no system. It's zero. And that's why uh, I, I, can't, I think they're in for a horrible year unless they can have a, a, a get a game going. But the, there is no game plan there. I can't see one. Mm. Yeah, Rabbit in the track says Lionball doesn't stand up in grand finals. Well, I tell you what, mate, they came within a bounce of winning one. So uh, I'm not sure whether you can say that. I'm not sure whether you can say that. Um, he was a bee's dick away from winning one with Lionball. So uh, we'll see how they go this year. They're obviously, I don't think they're contenders this year. They need a, they need to add a little bit more talent, I think. Yep. Um, but uh, they'll be in and around the mark. Um over in the west, uh, North Melbourne under Clarko, <laughs> another coach, um, getting up by a point over a disappointing Fremantle. Fremantle, after promising so much uh, after last season, have just fallen in a bit of a hole and uh, uh, North are obviously playing with a bit of belief under Clarko and uh, a pretty good win by them. Well, they were... Um... They were. They looked like they were going to win quite comfortably. They were about two goal four up, Fiend, and there was only about three or four minutes to go. And uh, Fremantle just went berserk in the last three or four minutes and got within a point with uh, less than a, just under a minute to go. And it was yeah. down in, uh, and they kept attacking into the forward pocket. Um, a North Melbourne player got it and kicked the ball deliberately out of bounds around about just about five metres short of the 50 metre mark. Yeah, but the siren went uh, after the ball went across the line. No, no, it didn't. No, it didn't. I was oh, no, they sorry. Release, they released the raw video today with the with the yeah, audio, yeah. and yep. the siren went before the ball crossed the line. Is that correct? Correct. Oh, sorry, uh, but the the question I was going to put to you. They said that even if there was a way around, if the boundary umpire hasn't waived the, the uh, uh, indicated the out of bounds thing before yeah. the siren goes, then you yeah. can't. Umpire, central umpire can't give the free. But my thoughts are, if the actions happen, why couldn't? Why can't they? Yeah, but it's moot anyway, uh, Macca, because the ball was still in play when the siren went. The, yeah, ball had okay. not cro- the ball had not crossed the boundary line. If you go back, I forget where I saw it. It was on Twitter somewhere, and they released the uh, raw footage uh, with the with the raw audio. And um, you can clearly hear the siren go before the ball goes out. You can actually hear the umpire call siren oh, no, as yeah, the ball's yeah. going out. And yeah. for that reason, it was a correct call. Yes, apparently so under the rules of the game. Um, I was disputing whether the rule was fair, that was all. Because if you well, kick the ball... Was... Well, you know, you kick the ball and the siren goes and it's running towards the goal and it goes through, it'll count as a goal. Correct. So why isn't this... This is the same thing. Um, it is. Uh, it's a reasonable point, Macca, that you make. Yeah, anyhow, it's just a curious thing. And then uh, it was... Uh, if I, I know if I was free, I'd feel robbed. Um, 
Well, but, no, they can't can't say they were robbed. I mean, that's the rule. The rule was right, in no. place. It wasn't. It wasn't an interpretation. And also, you know, I mean, they were going to have to have a shot from fifty-five meters out on the boundary. About fairly, four. yeah, probably right on the fifty. They would have had to kick from. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, end of the game. Um, you know, it's questionable whether they would have even made the distance. To be honest, let alone kicked a goal. Who knows? We'll never know. Anyway, uh, it was a good effort by North um, and Frio in a bit of a hole that they're going to have to dig themselves out of. Uh, today, we had Sydney absolutely walloping Hawthorne by 81 points, 118 to 37. Apparently, uh, combined, Hawthorne's first two losses are the biggest combined first two round losses they've had since 1950, Maka. Yeah, well, my... my... Main comment about that game, it's not worth talking about it because it was totally one-sided and Hawthorne are, are writing their name on the spoon right now. Well, they certainly uh, could do with a number one pick. Uh, Essendon, um, comfortable in the end. The Suns put up a little bit of a fight, but Essendon comfortable in the end by 28 points, 108 to 80. Well, it's a level three-quarter time thing. Um, and... Uh, Anybody's game, but Essendon really got their game going in the last quarter and they ran all over them in the last quarter to have quite a comfortable win in the end. So, um, yeah, look, a reasonable effort by Gold Coast, but um, they're certainly travelling better than we are at the moment. Yes, and uh, uh, West Coast in another unpredictable result, getting up over the Giants. I don't know what that says about our form at the moment. West Coast by 19 in the end, 100 to 81 in the late game. Yeah, well, that was going to be my comment about that particular game. We wouldn't wouldn't spend a lot of time on other than to say, well, uh, Giants beat us and West Coast beat them. If you go by that, we'll have trouble against West Coast. I think we're going to have trouble against most teams if we 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 play like we are at the moment. Hmm. Well, uh, I'm not as doom as, and gloom as uh, many people. Um, I I just think there's enough there to work with. I think uh, porking is, has really hampered us. I don't think it's an easy start to the to the season for us. Uh, GWS no. away and Richmond at home, um, and a hard fairly, yeah, and a, and a pretty solid one coming up too, mate. Uh, We've been changing. Big chance to be 0-5. We are, but let's not get ahead of ourselves. Let's talk about the game at hand. And it was Richmond 17 goals, 6-108 to Adelaide 10 goals, 16-76. A margin of 32 points. They had 23 scoring shots to our 26. Um, But we couldn't convert Macca. No, and as I say, they... Too many. I reckon six to eight of those were gimmies in the sense that you would expect an AFL footballer to uh, to kick them, and yes, it's indeed. not just a one. It's not just a one-off situation. It's something that's been uh, a curse of ours for at least a year or two, um, mm-hmm. and they, they're letting themselves down because um, you can't say they're not putting an effort. They are putting an effort, and uh, and sometimes they play some very good. Uh, Passages of play. Um, I think the fact that we ran out of legs in the last quarter was predictable because we had a six-day break and Richmond had a nine-day break, and we had played. They had played in the type of conditions either that we had. We played in about was it 30, 
eight to well, thirty nine degree heat and seventy percent thirty five thirty five degree heat. Let's let not me get exaggerate. Carried away. It wasn't bloody Death Valley or something. Come on, let me exaggerate just a little. <laughs> Look, I think this is a this is a a theme that we're continuing on from last year, Macca, because I think it was lost at bloody selection. Oh, look, I, there's no doubt about that. And it's a very poor well, selection. I have not heard, and unfortunately no bastard in the presser actually had the balls to ask, what the reason was, or a, a, a reasonable reason for dropping Jordan Butts. Have you? Um, I've, no, there hasn't been a word said, um, other than surprisingly. That's the only thing that uh, I've read somebody said. Uh, surprising. Um, well, look, of course. And somebody says that in the chat that it wouldn't make any difference, but it would have in the sense that they've had a rookie player who uh, I think he's played a few minutes uh, a couple of years ago or something, or one, but he's got first game, essentially. He's kicked, and he's, he's kicked three goals from three marks. And... Um, yeah, and, we, and, so, and nobody could get near him. He's too tall. So I want to um, uh, queue up Matty Nix's um, presser in a minute. But I can tell you right now, and we will look at this in a minute, uh, I can tell you right now that it made a hell of a difference because as soon as Himmelberg went back, uh, their whole game style changed. So at the beginning of the game, I don't know whether you noticed this, Macca, but at the beginning of the game, they were usually usually Richmond will run the ball at you, right? Yep. But but if you notice this week, they weren't running the ball at you. They were actually kicking the ball long over lines. They were trying to get over the back of our um, at, at whatever press we had, but they were trying to get it into their forward line as quickly as possible. And they were going in by air, and the reason for that, mate, is pure and simple, isn't it? Like it's fairly, fairly obvious. Yes, there's no doubt about that. Uh, you know, no, I think you're right. I, I think the selection, that selection down back, was very, very poor. And um, and I thought they uh, would they, you know, if we had a, um, would they have played that lad, that tall lad on the ground as long, or even played him if we, we had named butts? Well, I mean, maybe they would have, maybe they wouldn't have. But I, I just don't... I mean, Jordan hasn't been setting the world on fire, but he certainly hasn't been the worst. Certainly hasn't been the worst, Macca. And no. why do you... We have gone through in this structure before. We've gone short, and it has a it has a knock-on effect. When you don't play Geordie Butts, or you don't play um, Murray, one of the two, all of a sudden, you lose any sort of worth you get out of Tom Diday and also Geordie Dawson, right? Uh, yeah, I thought dramatically with got... Dawson. Dramatically, because he, he, he's minding bloody Rewalt. And, um, yeah. So, and uh, yeah, I thought Dawson played well. Don't get me wrong. I thought he played very well. But he not, was not playing in a position that he could hurt the opposition. He, he's, he's actually trying to save all the bloody time. I just think, yeah. I thought I think was poor. Yeah. It, look, it was actually I couldn't understand it, Macca. I couldn't understand it, to be honest with you. Gotta love cut price service. 
It was um, it was was one of those. Oh, it was just a video. I'm starting up in a minute. It it was one of those things where it just didn't make any sense. No, I agree. And I don't know why they did it. I can't. No one's asked uh, Nick's the question as to why they didn't do it. Um, and whoops, I'll just play Matty Nix's um, presser in a minute. And let me just set this up. But yeah, it it had a massive impact on the way, not only the way we played, but how Richmond played as well. Because when we threw Berg back, and I'll show you the vision in a minute, immediately, immediately, Richmond had to change, and it also immediately brought Tom Duday into the game. Immediately. That's true, and that's in spite of the fact that um, Himmelberg doesn't normally play in that position. So, mm-hmm. um, and look, he did—he did a fair task, not outstanding, but he did a fair task. Didn't mind it at all, Mac. To be honest with you, he's played—you know—he's played—he's um, played back as a junior. Um, no, I didn't know. So, that. Yeah, so he played—he played in defence at centre half back. I think in, even in his under eighteen year, he played a fair bit of. Um, a fair bit of uh, down back, um, but I just want to—I just want to um, play Matthew Nix's press conference because it really pissed me off, and we'll just stop it and have a bit of a chat as we go through. Okay. You nailed it. It was almost self-inflicted, wasn't it? it was. Um... Yeah, it was quite painful. I think we were all extremely frustrated now, and, and we we were coming in at half-time. Um, you know, you, when you're under pressure, there's a certain way you need to play, and, and we had nine goals in a row kicked against us today. You don't win too many games doing that. So we... Yeah, our, you know, you saw, our, you saw our, our best. You can see what we can do. You saw that in the third... <laughs> You know, the fourth, we've, we're trying some stuff, but unfortunately, you're seeing both sides at this point, and we 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 have to get better in those moments where, you know, when two goals or three goals are kicked against us. So, Maka, we have to get better when two goals or three goals are kicked against us. But that's a is nothing state. How, how much of that is the... I mean, obviously, the players have a responsibility in that regard. But if the coach can, the coach is sitting on the sidelines. He's got eyes in the stands and all the rest of it. Surely, if you can see momentum happening, and Richmond certainly had momentum towards the end of the first quarter, and certainly in the first half of the second quarter, isn't it incumbent on them to do something? And the fact that halfway through the second quarter, or with about probably twelve minutes to go in the second quarter, I think uh, they put they finally put Himmelberg back. Um, and it was really only forced on them by well, it was it was precipitated by Parnell being subbed off, which gave them Thilthorpe on the bench. Otherwise, they would have had to have taken Himmelberg out of the forward line and left us short in the forward line. The fact was that through weird ass bloody team selection, we actually had Riley available to us, which meant that we could push Himmelberg down back without. You know, losing too much up forward, but they, to me, they basically when they made that move and the game squared up after that, 
and it only we only lost the game in the last 20 minutes when we really had nothing left in the tank that was basically an admission to me that the select the coaches and the selection panel had royally messed up well i think it was very obvious that they'd messed up um and listening and especially i do i should mention that that replay was very patchy thing we sort of missed bits and pieces out of it as it went along um okay well that might uh, be so in, in discord but it probably won't be so in youtube and Spreaker. so you'll just have okay. to with it unfortunately bit tough we can do that um yeah. but what i was going to make it uh really when when uh, he was making his uh it was quite a long uh session too when he was doing his uh, chat with the media um, but really, it's just rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat. Yeah. It, it, that could be uh, one of his uh, things from last year or the year before. It's just rinse and repeat. And, yeah. and you know, and we have to be patient. Well, no. I'm, I'm well, not... let's, let's, let's continue. Okay. Today, we, that, that was three times in the game, you know, three goals and then six goals and then our inability to turn that around or to, to have maybe our mindset right in that in that moment you know what's needed next for our team that's our area of growth but you know we drift away what we drift away from what we know we need to do and it's not selfish it's actually the opposite we're trying so hard for for the team um, we've had this issue before today was it was you know on steroids unfortunately the boys our, our, we want to win the game in that moment, and it's not time to win the game. It's time to actually stop the bleeding. So he's basically saying there that the the team on the field aren't recognising that it's time to either slow the game down or turn it into a scrub or get players behind the ball or uh, whatever, whatever they train to stop momentum. Yet... Matthew Neek's coach from the boundary the whole game, the whole game, Macca, and we have 70-odd rotations during the course of a game. Yep. Surely, surely, if that's the call, that we need, to, we need to stop momentum and we need to play a different way, then surely he's able to make that call from the boundary line. Well, if he's got, if he's got the ability to do it, you mean. And surely, if you've got well, he's 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 pointing it out in the presser. So they obviously observed that at times the crows remained too attacking in their setups or what have you, um, when it would have been better to set up more defensively. And I think Mark Rashido actually called it in the commentary that there was a time where we should have gone far more defensive, particularly in our centre square. But also, uh, our centre square wasn't terrible, but our stoppage clearances were terrible in terms of the way we set up. We were far too attacking and, and they were they they were able to get some very decisive stoppage clearances in the first half. Um, I, I, I under, I'm not absolving the players at all, but sometimes, as we saw with the Melbourne-Brisbane game, sometimes it needs a regroup and sometimes it needs someone off the field to actually make a call. And I would have thought that Matthew Nix was perfectly placed being on the bench to make that call. Well, I, I figure that's why he's down there. Uh, if he's not, if he's not uh, making calls, um, and while he's down there, I mean, what's the point of him being there? 
I think but, it's, in fact, quite frankly, all I think all he's doing is chatting to each player as they come off. Yeah, well, you're supposed to be um, coaching from the from the bench if if you're down there. Anyway, let's continue. Like, it's the two sides to the team. I mean, what do you, you have idea what that's down to? Is it a simple same experience or? No, it's just a lack of consistency. It's, and I'm and I've said that throughout the preseason. Our challenge is to become a consistent football side, and it's a lack of consistency in in what we do. And the best sides in the competition have it. It's, it's clockwork. They believe what they're doing. They stick to it under pressure, even under pressure. You know, we've, you know, we're still a group that are learning how to do that. And it's frustrating for everyone, frustrating for our supporters because they, they come into a game and they watch a third quarter where, you know, it's exciting and we, you know, we put our oppo under pressure and we kick nine goals, nine, you know, in that second half. And it's all there, and we don't quite get the job done, but but you can't you can't you can't sort of be off for as long as we were off today. I don't disagree with him there because what I observed, um, I rewatched the game today, and what I observed, Macca, was that the way we move the ball, and I might just at this point just cut chuck up a couple of. Um, a couple of examples if I can um, let's just have a look at these real quick oops I might just start that again no so for those for those listening on speakers, sorry, you haven't got the vision to watch. But what I'm pointing out here is the way we're moving the ball. And the way we're moving the ball is not how we move the ball in pre-season. This one here in particular, this is the one where Hinge kicked it out wide to Scholl um, uh, or uh, someone else, and then it went to Scholl. Scholl's ended up kicking it down the line to Tex. Now I'm going to stop it there. Oh, hang on. Let's just go back. Sorry for people for moving my camera then. It's very unprofessional of me. All right. So... So this is a situation here with Tex Macca. Texas, do you recall this play? I can't. You haven't got it on at the moment, mate. No. So it was in the it was in the second quarter, and Hinge has got it from the outside, and we've we've taken the ball down the flank, and we've kicked the ball into um, our forward fifty. Oh, sorry, kick the ball to the wing to Tex, and at this point, Tex has got a decision to make. Right. So we've got we've got blokes. Um, in the middle of the ground, and we've got a bloke down uh, into the near the, on the boundary side. Now, during the preseason, what we would have seen is Tex kick the ball into the middle. We've mm. got two blokes here. You can see them both at this point with their hands up. One in the centre circle. He was the target. And remember how we were commenting in the Fremantle and in the West Coast game, Mac, 
how one of the pleasing things was our ability to change lanes when we're going forward. Remember? Yeah, so that is so important, yeah. One of the things that we have not been doing is changing lanes when we go forward. And if we play this one through, you can see that Tex ignores the two blokes. In. He looks and ignores, and he ends up going down the line to a one-on-two, Rochelle and Berry, hardly targets, and the ball ends up getting dead. And um, just is. That, to me, is indicative at the moment of how we're playing. It, we are not, and I think he's actually right in what he's saying, that we are not, um, we are not using the ball under pressure the same way we were using the ball during the pre-season when we weren't under perhaps so much pressure. Would you agree with that? Oh, there's no doubt about that. I thought we were we were very free flowing in in the pre-season and. We were actually, uh, I remember you making comments in both games about changing lanes. And um, and we were, we were, we were crisscrossing all over the place. And uh, and then we, that's why we're getting, we scored so well in those games. Because yeah. we were... and, and Jad in the chat makes the perfect comment because he's exactly right. In the third quarter, we started doing that. We started chipping the ball into the middle. We started doing the 45 degree diagonals and, and actually... Not only were we um, changing lanes, but we were also moving the ball further down the ground. So our uh, forward 50 entries were going into the f- deeper into the forward 50. And that's one thing that Richmond were doing very much in the first half. They were able to get a lot of depth in their forward 50 entries, uh, whereas our forward 50 entries were quite shallow. I'll just um, go to the end of this uh, one here. So, you know, Barry's kick there going wide. We would never have made that kick. We would never mm-hmm. have played that kick uh, prior to. Um, and that ball just comes straight back in. So it's even though Barry missed the kick, we would never have done it. And then and then Hinge has gone straight back out and he's kicked it to a one-on-three. Look at the Richmond players around Lockie Scholl, who was the target there. She never should have been. This is that I one again that I was talking about before where Hinge has kicked it out wide. I can't, uh, that might have been Max Michelani, I think. Over to Scholl, who's chipped it over to Tex. Tex should have looked straight inside. There are two blokes there inside, ignores them, and ends up kicking down the line to, to a contest with Berry and Rochelle um, and one of their defenders. Um, and obviously the ball gets killed. Um, just It's completely opposite to how we were moving the ball in the preseason. And the reason why we got so excited. Now, here's another one. This ball would have gone to Berg in the preseason. Straight up would have gone straight to Berg. Instead, it gets held up, and Murray kicks it into the man on the mark, and he ends up getting the ball back and then kicking it to Berg, and by that time, everyone, the Shy Bolton's been able to push up, and uh, the moment's lost. You know, it's, we are, for some reason, we are not moving the ball the same way as what we did in the preseason. Now, is it pressure, Macker? Is it pressure oh, is it, or, or is it something else? No, it's pressure uh, in the sense that in those uh, pre-season games, the, the, the pressure is nowhere near as much as it is in when, when you're playing uh, for four points. And, mm. and Richmond are a, good, are a good side at putting applying pressure too. So it is pressure. There's no doubt about that. And 
Um, it's still, what it means is, though, our football instincts aren't right in the sense that um, you have a look at, if you talk about Geelong, and they're a good side, but um, even though when they're sort of fading, they're, they generally keep to the right place because they've been doing it for a long time. And they, in other words, they've learned how to do it and they keep doing it. Our players do it if they think about it, but it's not an instinct to do it. So we'll just go on a little bit further with Nix's press conference and then we'll move on. Uh, where, is it? where are you, Matty? At this point, is that time knowing that I've got a little bit more time at that moment, and it is easy from you know, row triple Z up the back. Um, I've sat in the coach's box and been frustrated, and oh, you know, we've got to be better. But it is, you know, I've down on the bench today. You can see the the way how hard these guys go, and you know, the game is a brilliant game, and it's so so challenging out there. But you see the players with experience; it's slower for them. It slows down, and they they know the time they have. It they make it look easy. So, Maka, I counted maybe three or four times when Brody Smith, a, a senior, experienced player, dump kicked the ball out of contest when he had a handball option. I saw Rory Sloan dump kick the ball three or four times when he had options. I saw Rory Laird. Miss the stats give him five turnovers. I counted ten. He he was he had a shocker, Rory Laird. The amount of ball that he got, he his disposal and like he just had a dirt, he had one of those dirty days where nothing went right for him. But uh, that's uh, our we had Tex Walker missing shots for goal. That they're, they're our experienced players. The reason why they are in the side is because their experience. Now, to me, the blokes that got us back into the game were Rochelle and Saligo in the third quarter. They were dynamic out of the midfield and they were actually able to generate some run and carry. But our experienced players, the ones that Nick says the game slows down for, are not not giving us anything, not giving us a thing. Well, we've been on the Smith bandwagon for some time. Um, Rory led... I agree with what you said about his usage of the ball. Um, I will give him uh, kudos, though. He does go and get the ball, and he does uh, go in very hard to get the ball. So it's not a lack of effort. Um, Nobody's saying a, it's a lack of effort, Matt. Nobody's no, no. It's a lack of effort. But he, he hasn't got the natural ability, once he's got the ball, to use it to deadly effect. In other words, yeah, he, oh. he dump-kicked he dump a lot. I've I've not seen Rory Laird turn the ball over as much as uh, at any stage as much as he did in that game against Richmond. I mean, against GWS, he just dead set didn't get it, but he got a ton of it uh, against Richmond. Um, and you know, I'm I'm a Lairdy fan, but he had a dirty day, and he his a lot of his handballs went astray. Uh, some direct to the opposition. Uh, it cost us at least three or four goals, Mac. Um, he's an experienced player. He's in our midfield as an experienced player. Now, many would say that Berry had a down game and, and Harry had a down game, and I would probably disagree a bit on Berry. I thought he worked hard 
Um, not quite the output we'd expect, but I, I felt it was a better game. Harry Harry had a shocker. That's another conversation. But Rory oh, Laird is, is our is our experienced midfielder, Mac. Well, as I said, at least he, he did work hard enough to get the ball, um, although he didn't use it well. Barry, I disagree with you. I thought he had a stinker. He's had two stinkers, and he's not looking like anywhere like the player that played last year. Not, nothing like it. Yeah, Eleven but what? But but Macca, but Macca, but Macca. What's the yeah, difference yeah. between Rory Laird and Sam Berry? Well, at least one is at least winning contests. What's What's the difference between the two of them? About two hundred games. Ah, uh, but by the same token, and you take Berry hadn't played as many games last year as he has this year. Uh, so he, he's played more games now than he had when he was going well last year. So I don't think that's a valid excuse for me. Of course it's a valid excuse. Of course it's a valid excuse. He's not even well, played 50 games. He's yeah, not even well, played 50 games. And Rory Laird, I don't care how many times Rory Laird gets the ball, if he costs us three or four goals, how many goals did he, how many score involvements did he have? We'll have a look a bit later. Because, like... I'm telling you right now, he cost us more than he gained us. That that might be so, but I, I still think you're being very kind to Barry. Well, I'm and, being uh, I'm being realistic Cole, to a player that that a player that's played thirty games or forty games. And uh, also, Shuey, I thought was a stinker. Absolutely. Well, yes, yeah, absolutely. I'll agree with you on that one. But I'm what I'm talking about is the output of our senior players, Macca. And you can't tell me that we are getting any value out of our senior players at the moment, bar Jordan Dawson, who is only just a senior player. No, but we don't we don't have that player in, in our midfield, that one that can make a break and then just do the lovely forty metre daisy cutter right onto their chest. We do it occasionally, very occasionally. Uh, Macca, you're not picking up what I'm putting down, mate. Well, I'm not just talking about the midfield. I'm talking. Matthew Nix said in that press conference he was talking about experience and the fa- and what he was alluding to was the fact that Richmond had more experience and therefore in in the in the clinches under pressure their experience was a factor. What I'm saying is that our experienced players compared to their experienced players gave us nothing. I wouldn't go as far as say nothing. Uh, and and I think you are being, you are being harsh on Led in one sense, that at least the, I, I feel his effort was good, if, even if the disposal was poor. Um, but then there were a lot of other players, though, who are experienced players on our side, you know, Smith, etc., who gave... Played very poor games. Gave very little to the to the team's effort overall, and um, and I have to agree with you uh, that Laird could do a lot better with the usage of the ball. Um, he should have, but he unfortunately he he does tend to dump it, and and it does work against us. Um, Most of his turnover was by hand, Mac. Um. Well, actually, I'm trying to think. I can't look. There were so many errors made. I'm just trying to actually think. Most most of Rory Laird's errors that cost goals were by hand. He handballed it to the opposition at least twice. He kept trying to handball it to bloody Riley O'Brien when Riley wasn't even ready. 
I'm telling you right now, Rory Laird's turnovers that cost us goals were by hand. Uh, look, you may well be right, Fina. I just can't remember it offhand. Well, I watched it, like, I finished watching it about an hour before the podcast, so it's fresh in my mind. Uh, fair comment. I'm not arguing with it uh, on that particular point. So, like, I don't think it's reasonable for Matthew Nix to say that experience is a reason. I think Matthew Nix actually has to turn the blowtorch on our experienced players. There was no mention of Tex Walker missing goals. There was no mention of Brody Smith dump kicking. There's no mention of Wayne Miller and not even being able to make the side. There's no mention of Rory Laird panicking under pressure. There's no mention of Rory Sloan, who shouldn't be playing because he's clearly not right. Um, not giving us anything off a wing. He was hopeless. You know, well, it's not even that he was hopeless, Macca. He's not fit. He's not fit. Well, he, he he can't run two ways. He can't change direction. He was limping half the game. Why why are we playing him? He's playing on reputation and, uh, well, because of the fact that he, that he was our captain. Um, but next... Nick hasn't got the gut to say, look, unfortunately, you're not good enough. And because at the moment, he's not good enough to be in the side. Well, he's not fit enough to be in the side, Macca. That's the thing. Like, he was limping for half the game. You know, there was I, I saw him limp half, for yeah. half the game. I saw so it too. Why is he on the ground? I agree. He shouldn't have been there. You know, so, you know, I, from that point of view, I'm a bit dark on on next for that and we won't uh, go through any more of his press conference because it annoys me um well, but i think i think matthew nix now is in is in denial I, well they are rinse and repeat as i said Fiend, and he doesn't get down to the real nitty-gritty of what the problem is and the problem is is him and uh, his fellow coaches and selections and uh, what who they're trying to promote as players. There's, there's so many things wrong from his point of view that, that don't get mentioned in his uh, comments. Whereas, um, as I said, you hear one you, you, you know, when we, after a loss, and it's really the same as everyone you've ever heard. There, there'll always be uh, a, a common thread there. You know, we, we're young, we're developing, uh, give us time, all this shit. And look, I... I, at the end of the season, I thought, if we go well this year, next has been a good appointment. But if we are only going to be the same as last year, uh, then we have got the wrong coach. And um, seriously, at the moment, I'm thinking we've got the wrong coach. Well, let's have a look at, at the teams that have bounced this year so far. St Kilda have bounced a bit. Um, North yep. Melbourne seem to have bounced a little bit. Um, oh, they have bounced, you know, yeah. Collingwood, I wouldn't say a bounce because they were on an upward trajectory anyway. But one thing that both of those coaches have got those those teams doing is playing within their limitations and playing to their strengths, right? Yeah. Now, I think it's particularly arrogant for Matty Nix to send a side out to play a certain way of uh, game style that is clearly, A, not sustainable from a fitness level, and B, not sustainable from a skills level under pressure. I mean, we, we were happily chipping the ball around like like you know, superstars in the in the trial game. 
And I think we mm. mentioned at the time, you know, how's it going to hold up under pressure? Well, it well it hasn't held up under pressure. After two weeks, it's quite obvious the teams aren't going to give us the corridor the same way that bloody West Coast and Fremantle did in the trial game. You know, Richmond just clogged up the corridor, and and the only way to break it break through it is with aggressive ball movement and. Under pressure, we are not capable of aggressive ball movement, which is why we turn the ball over so much. And because we had a stupid selection policy to go short in defence, every time we turn it over, you know, there were two two tall blokes standing there waiting for it. You know, and Matty Nixon is, in his presser says, you know, I don't think um, going short had any bearing on the game. That's a bloody ridiculous comment to make when yeah. uh, that young that young lad kicked... Uh, Sam Ryan or whatever his name is kicked, the, kicked two goals in that first quarter one of them out on a lead but the other one in a pack where we were just outnumbered for big men. We had Nankervis was smart and, and took O'Brien out and then we had Murray obviously watching Lynch and it ended up being Dawson's job to cover the bloody 210 centimetre bloke. Yeah, it was, it was ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous and I was very angry course, at of course that's had a bearing on the game because it's given them two goals and then it gave them another one later on. You can't And to give up those goals early, and the only reason, as I said, is that, that we were able to actually cover them eventually is because poor old Paddy Parnell went down and we had to bring on Riley Thilthorpe and then we had to shuffle our bigs around and, and he chucked Himmelberg back. Not well, one mention of that. Let me ask you a question, Fane. And all the time that Nick has been doing presses, have you ever heard him say that it was his fault or his no. coaches? Not, no. not once. No. Not once has he ever. And, um, you know, he's got, as I say, he just rinse and repeats the same old story all the time. But, um, you know, the players have got a few more games under their belt. and But, you know, they're not going forward. And, um, uh, well... Well, I think we signed him up until the end of next year, didn't we? Oh, yeah, but that doesn't make any difference. Like, no, just cost- look, I, a lot of people are saying, you know, the squad's shit and all the rest of it, and I agree there are holes in the squad, and I've banned you from talking about past drafts, Macca, but we both know that we missed opportunities in past drafts and we're paying for it. Um, Heavily. But if, you, but if you look at the side that's on the park, there's still a lot of talent there, and... I don't think, like, I, I want to ask you, a, a, the only draft question I will ask you, I remember last year when we were talking about the Rankin trade before it was happening, and my yep. thought was that Rankin was worth between 12 and 15. And we had no, me, young, I was adamant, adamant yeah, about it. And we had young Mateus um, Filippo there, sitting there, um, who ended up going at 10. We had pick five. Yeah, it, it was. It was now. I, I'm not hanging shit on Rankin, okay, because he's obviously a talent. But another example of, and we've done it twice in two years. We spent eighteen plus some stuff for Geordie Dawson, and we're playing him as a as a as a deep back quarterback, right? We paid yeah. pick five for an uncontracted Isaac Rankin uncontracted Isaac Rankin pick five and he's a small forward that has the odd run up the ground yeah I, meanwhile I, I, meanwhile our meanwhile our midfield is shit now I just 
like I said, we can. I don't want to go back through past drafts, and we all know the story, and we've talked about ad infinitum. But it struck me today that we aren't. Why would we pay what we paid for Jordan Dawson, and then not use him? That's that's self-preservation on Matthew. That's completely selfish on Matthew Nix's behalf, in my opinion. Well, because of our deficiencies in other areas, that um, we've got too many deficiencies, Fane. And Dawson was shit with the deficiencies. In. Well, when the Dawson came, they said that he would uh, occasionally go back, but it would essentially be brought to play on the wing or the middle. And uh, you know, and they, as we can see, when the game against Port, when he was in that particular position, good enough to win a game with, with the pressure on. So, I mean, Dawson is quality, absolute quality. And, yeah, and you, you've got him, in a, as you say, in a back pocket, which is bloody ridiculous. Um, in, the, in, the second game, in the second game he played for us, he won, he won the game after the siren, taking a, a shot for goal, you know, uh, that the, he didn't earn, um, Lockie Murphy earned it. But in those first few games, he was he was pushing forward quite a bit, and then Matthew Nix has decided that he is going to be our stopgap down back. Yeah. Uh, as a consequence of that, Josh Worrell didn't get a lot of game time last year until he basically bashed down the door. Yeah. Um, Josh Worrell could have quite easily got game time. Uh, we messed around playing with a short defence half the time, which meant that we needed a Jordan Dawson back there. You know, Matthew Nix is selfishly using Jordan Dawson and I would rather see Jordan Dawson up on a wing or through midfield rotations and us have a problem at half back than have Geordie Dawson there um just having the ball bounce into him the whole time. Well and, and more a... to the point more to the point Macca sorry to interrupt you there. More to the point Macca for what we spent on Jordan Dawson, it is just a, a an inefficient use of resources to have him playing that role well no argument from me and, I, and I, what i'm what it, what um nick's is doing he instead of just admitting that we have deficiencies down back you, you pay as we you use your first round draft pick and you get and you know he was huge value for pick 18 huge value because he is, he's our best player. He is our best player. And yet you don't put your best player into a bloody back pocket. He should be where the ball is, where he can actually influence the game rather than try and save it all the time. And I agree with you. He should be where the ball is and with the deficiencies down back, play juniors or do whatever you have to do, play the most informed person at Agreed. the time. And if that if we get beat get doing that, at least we're learning well, at the moment, we're learning nothing because... Let, uh, let me ask because, you this, Mac. Let me ask you this, right? Who would be... Now, I know, uh, I know Sloan is uh, uh, hobbling at the moment, but why would you play Rory Sloan on a wing and Geordie Dawson down back when Rory Sloan is decent overhead and could play a similar role with a lot of experience and, and have Geordie Dawson play on a wing? Well, I did say it before the season started, Fiend, if Sloan is going to play, the only place he can play, in my opinion, is, is either back pocket...
Well, good evening, everyone, and welcome to part two of round two's edition of the Weekend Wrap, brought to you by Crowcast, of course. We had a bit of a dirty night on uh, Sunday night and uh, uh, beyond our control, but it wouldn't be uh, wouldn't be a Crowcast if there wasn't some technical glitches, would there, Macca? We did the right thing, mate. <laughs> <laughs> well, we didn't have any choice in the end. <laughs> <laughs> it was a bit of a shamoz, but anyway, nevertheless, um, we push on and uh, it's good to have everyone here. Thanks to those who have joined us on Discord and also on YouTube. Hopefully we make it worth your while. Um, and uh, was, there's still a lot to talk about with regards to the game and um, we should probably just crack straight into it. What do you reckon, Mac? Let's do it. <laughs> So where we um, where we left off, we were talking about um, the experience in the side, and uh, I noticed today that um, was it today or yesterday, Jordan Dawson came out with a bit of a presser and uh, actually made mention of the fact that uh, whilst the young team needed to do better in, in terms of stopping flow and all that sort of stuff, it was really up to the experienced guys to do that. So at least they acknowledged that. Yeah, well, you have to. Um, thanks for your uh, lengthy discussion on that point. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, okay. Um, so, yeah. So, I guess we probably need to look at some. Did we look at the team stats? I don't even think we looked at the team stats, did we? Let's look at some team, uh, team stats real yeah. quick. No, I had privately, yeah. No, on the on the actual show that you're appearing on, Macca. I know that the I... one the one where we're entertaining people or trying to. We've <laughs> <laughs> that in many ways. Um, look, the thing the thing that I took out of the um, out of the uh, uh, the team stats is there's not a great deal of difference in terms of the general stats. You know, three fifty five to three forty eight disposals, kicks and handballs about the same inside fifties. You know, we were two up in the end. Disposal efficiency was similar. Inside efficiency, uh, efficiency, inside efficiency. Oh, my God. Inside 50 efficiency was similar. 27 shots from 53 inside 50s. Of course, our accuracy wasn't as good as uh, Richmond's was. Uh, Freeze were pretty sim uh, similar. Uh, they got a little bit on top in the hitouts. The clearances were fairly similar. Uh, they were three up in centre and, and even in stoppage. Um, you know, contested posies pretty similar. Uh, uncontested possessions pretty similar. Turnovers they actually turn the ball over more. So not a like you know when you look at the stats like that, there wasn't a lot of difference, and it's it's a shame I didn't get a chance to actually uh, snapshot the quarter by quarter stats because I think had we done that, we probably would have seen how uh, there was a divergence in the first half and then sort of it all came together in the second half. Well, I can uh, sort of answer that particular question. I actually did have a look at that, and there's a little article which I did post in our little private section there, mm. where there was absolute third quarter dominance, dominance to the point that uh, we should have kicked. Like the, the dominance with the stats was such that uh, we we probably should have kicked eight goals or something for nothing in that quarter, going by the dominance. Mm. It, it was just sheer dominance. And yet, uh, every other one of the three quarters, they were dominant. In other words, I think it was overall, 
it was something like fifty six to forty four in the other three quarters. Yeah. But it was a but a huge percentage in our favour in the third quarter. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, you know, the stats don't really tell us anything that the naked eye couldn't tell you. Um, but it just shows that, um, you know, we were actually, it was, I think it was more, a lot of people were saying, I oh, just, Richmond stopped playing. Well, I don't think that's the case because I think what we saw was the impact of Truckenberg down back, the impact on uh, getting a few more clearances out of the middle and around stoppage and um, just playing a more direct and aggressive brand of football, don't you think? Yeah, I, I don't think it's anything to do with what Richmond did. I think it is what we did. We actually came out and we got our act together in all in all respect. And as you know, impetus is a great thing in footy. If you've got, once you get your tail up and you get a head of steam up, it, it is the one of the hardest thing in footy is to actually stop it and change it and turn it around. And uh, the only way you'll ever stop it and change and turn around is if the side that's pouring it on you just eases up for a minute or two and you get that break and an opportunity to do so. In that third quarter, we never gave them that chance. Yeah, um, you, could but, al- you could always turn the lights off, like Melbourne did. That's a good... That's a good no, Brisbane. Oh, well, I think Melbourne turned those lights off, mate, because it benefited them better. <laughs> oh, well, yeah, that, that's in, I'll tell you what, they were lucky they didn't come back for longer. They, they probably could have got up. Anyway, um, so yeah, um, obviously there's some, a little bit of news on Crow's selection today. What have we heard today on selection? Um, in terms of injuries, doesn't look like oh, Ford's going to get up. He's very dubious, isn't he? And I don't know that you can you can play him if he's not a hundred percent. If he's seventy or eighty percent, you don't play him. I don't think there's any need to to risk him. To be honest, as I as <coughs> pardon me, as I said on um, Sunday night, I think if it's a medial strain, then you know it could be two or three or even a few more. Um, yeah. Not a dissimilar injury to Max Gorn, although it didn't quite look as severe. Um, but you certainly wouldn't want to play him on one and a half legs. No. I agree. Um, Miller, uh, Miller had a slight adductor strain, but looks like he might be available. Um, you've got uh, Worrell still a couple of weeks away. We've got Paddy obviously on concussion protocol. Uh, who else is there? Um, Matty Crouch obviously is a few away. Billy Dowling is still a week away with his foot. So of the first pick, you, it's really only Fogg um, and Patrick. Josh Worrell, unfortunately, is still three weeks ago away. They're just building up his training load. So um, the cover's reasonably bare in terms of uh, injuries, which is a good thing. Well, it's fairly bare to the ones that really count, the ones that uh, you'd play in the team. Because a lot of the ones you mentioned there aren't ready yet to play AFL footy. So um, you're right. Uh, but having said that, I do still think we've got to make a couple of changes to the personnel that did play in the last week, mm. at least two. That I can mm. think of any. Mm. Who do you, who would you be thinking of? Well, Schoenberg has to be dropped. You can't. You can't. He's overweight. He's, he's just. Well, he's just not. He's not, not giving maximum. No, not overweight. But he's, he's not giving maximum effort. He doesn't. He doesn't look like dynamic thing. He just looks like he's very true. 
happy to get an easy kick now and then, and that's not going to be good enough. So, okay, you, you want to play it easy when you're out the side, and I think he's out the side. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, well, poor old little Parnell, well, he, he's out the side by no choice of his own, mm-hmm. and I would also drop Himmelberg. I don't. I looked at his stats, and I don't think he has provided us with enough. Um, his relief in ruck is it's quite pathetic, actually. Um, he's not a ruckman. Um, and I just don't, I think that's that... That's just out-and-out bullshit, Macca. Well, that's your opinion. I He's have a better ruckman than Riley O'Brien, and you've said that in the past. So I haven't said that. Yes, you have. You might have. I no, have you, not. You have no. said that in the past. I've never praised him work as a ruckman. I'm you going to the videotape. No, you find it. You, you, you'll never find it. You know I'm going to look now. <laughs> yeah, you go look. You'll never find it because I, I thought that Hibbelberg had shown good signs as a, a forward mm. and uh, and I thought he did a couple of useful things when he went back, but I have never praised him as a Ruckman because he's not a Ruckman's arsehole, mate. Discreet. Mm, but anyway, go on. A one tap. He got one tap. No, he got four. One bloody tap. Disagree. Go on. Well, so he would be out, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. That's my, this is my opinion. And replacements, well, to me, Phil Thorpe must come in, and he's got to go at full forward and uh, changing in ruck uh, with uh, Rob. And from that point of view, that, that makes uh, Himmelberg redundant in my eyes anyhow, because I would be bringing Butts back at, to full back, because we were totally undermanned there last week in terms of height. Well, you know, you've got a novice that nobody's ever bloody heard of takes, you know, kicks three goals because we've just got short asses hanging around them. It's just not good enough. That was poor, the selection last week. And, um, and so and, uh, well, somebody's got to come into the midfield and that's where I start looking at players like um, how you how are you going to mix it up? Are you going to put Jones in? Are you going to uh, Hamill? Do you put Haitley in? And probably, <laughs> I've got, it depends. Maybe if you bring Hamill into the back lines and that might release Dawson to come upfield. I mean, that's one possibility. Um, so, you're, or you put, do, you're, you're the one doing selection. Yeah, I'm giving you alternatives here, Fade. Because right. then you can, you know, you can fire them one by one. Just yeah. <laughs> or then you can put you can put Jones back da- back down. And I think Jones, his form in in the preseason looked pretty good. Um, yeah. So I really think it's probably, and you could argue Hately into the centre, but he's a little bit slow, and they 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 have quite quick midfielders. So I don't think he's quite the man for the job. He would in it if it was desperate. There was nobody else, but um, we do have other alternatives. So. But I do think, it's, to me, it's important. I think Keyes' body starts in the middle rather than Berry. Um, Berry has been a non-event for two weeks, a non-event. I've let him know that, that you're no longer the n- a number one starting guy. You're on starting on the bench. And I'm putting Keyes in there for, to start off with because there's a big body in there. Well, all I can say is, Macker, I'm glad you're not the coach. Well, now we have a genius tell us. No, uh, I don't see any of those around either. <laughs> I haven't finished a self-appointed genius. Will tell us. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't look. I have a big problem with uh, people who say play the kids, play the kids, and then burn them. And what you've just done is burnt Sam Berry to a crisp, 
to an absolute crisp, Macca. He burnt himself, mate. The no, no, you did just then. You do not. I came in second. He did jump first. off. You do not jump off a young kid after a couple of games. I'm not going jumping off him. You did. Him, you just no. did. You just no. I'm still. If, well, if you listen to what I said very carefully, he he starts on the bench and he comes on. In the, as a change. He's still going to play the same role, but it's letting him know you've got to lift to if you want to be the lead man. So you've t- yeah, so you've taken Schoenberg and Berry. I haven't dropped of- him. I haven't dropped him. Hang I haven't on. What? him. I didn't say you did. I said you took Schoenberg and Berry out of the middle. You've put Keys yeah. in. So yes. who else is starting in the middle? Well, I've, you've got a cho- lots of choices to start yeah, there in the middle. Well, have we? We're sport for choice, are we? Who who else? Well, you put Rochelle in there. You could put Saligo in there. Right. I'm happy with either one of the either two of those starting in there. All right. So Barry Led, and let's start with Rochelle, who's probably been our best, um, most dynamic midfielder, I would say. Yeah. Um. So who are we playing on that half forward flank? On the half forward flank, um. Well, on one one side we've obviously got Pedler. Is there any in the probably... same? Is there any in the side? But as I said to you, You're the just stature shuffling cards. You're just shuffling cards. No, no, <laughs> no, no. What you'll do is I'm doing all the work, and you're just doing a client firing shots. That's right. Now I haven't heard one intelligent comment come back the other way. I'm not so, here to make intelligent comments, mate. I'm, I'm, that's your job. <laughs> well, at least the confession came up. Mate. You're uh, asking uh, far too much of me if you're asking for intelligent comments. And I said to you, the structure after that will depend on how whether you bring in Jones or whether you bring in Hamill. Yeah, I'm being a bit facetious. Look, I agree with you. I think Butts needs to come back in, although there's there's nothing compelling about Port Adelaide's forward line that suggests he should come in for matchups. I just think he shouldn't have been out of the side in the first place. And uh, if you're going to drop Himmelberg, and I agree that you need to drop Himmelberg, um, I don't think he offered us anything. Um, and I think Butts is a better defensive option than Himmelberg is. Um, I would leave Riley Thilthorpe at centre-half forward and change him with Riley O'Brien. I'm with you on that one. Um, I would keep faith in Sam Berry, uh, unlike you. The I would also drop Harry Schoenberg. Um, I'm not sure. I, do you know, I know that um, Harry trained the house down over pre-season, and I just wonder whether it's got to him, um, Macker. He, he seems very one-paced. He doesn't seem to have a second gear. Sorry, who would you say that, that was? Schoenberg. Well, I, I just think it's a lack of effort, mate. It's a lack no, of effort. You don't, no, you don't train your guts out all pre-season, which he did, and then not try in a game. You don't put yourself through all that. You know, you know what a pre-season's like. You don't put yourself through all that and then not try. So I think I have happen to think that he's maybe overloaded. He seems very heavy legged and one paced, if you ask me. Well, there there's a comment in the in the chat and I can't repeat it and I won't repeat it, but I think it's right. Well that he's affected by other, other factors, mate. It's other factors. You're living in last you're living in last year's world, Macca. 
I'm looking at this year's performance. Yeah, but you're living in last year's world in trying to draw conclusions. The feedback that I got from more than one source was that yep. Harry absolutely trained the house down over pre-season. Now, well, you don't do that, that if your attitude stinks. Well, that doesn't help when you don't perform. No. I mean, that... that but that means, no, 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 no. Means, you're, just, you're, just, you're just dancing around now. So no, you're, you're, you're accusing... No, you're accusing Harry of having a poor attitude. I'm saying you're living in yesterday's, in last year's world because Harry actually trained the house down during pre-season. So it's not an attitude thing because you wouldn't go through that with... You wouldn't go through what Burjo put them through in pre-season if you had a bad attitude. Well, somebody said he tried to train the pints down. Um, uh, now, were you, you're telling me this, so you tell me why he's playing so poorly. I just did twice. No, you didn't. I said he looks heavy-legged and one-paced and maybe the training load has got to him. That, that's not acceptable because everybody else has got it. Uh, everybody so, else is doing the same thing. What are you talking he's about? Like, he's not doing special training on top of what, what everybody else is doing. No, but you know as well as I do that it was probably coming from a lower fitness base than a lot of the others. Then that means he hasn't applied himself as he should have. Oh, Jesus, Macca, that's You're being a dickhead, right? No, I am not. Talking, not. I'm not talking about previous years. I'm talking about this season. This season. I'm talking about the two games I've watched him play this year. Yeah, and the fact, and I'm trying to say to you that it's not an attitude thing, it's a fitness thing. And it's not that he's got a bad attitude and hasn't been training, it's just that his previous um, attitude was such that it left him with a lower fitness base and now the pre-season that he's just gone through, which he apparently applied himself particularly well, has caught up with him and he's got heavy legs. Well, I'm not going to argue any more about it because we're just going around in circles. And look, I think neither of us really know the reason why, and because only Harry really knows the reason why. Because he's he, he had a very good preseason feat. He looked good in the preseason. So you just answered my question. Thanks. I don't think uh, I did, but well, you did. You said you said yourself that he had a very good preseason, and I'm saying that maybe the load has caught up with him. Yeah, let's move on. All right, because you wouldn't have a good pre-season game if your attitude stank, would you? Um, no, I, I was, well, I'm not happy with the, game, the two games he played, so that's as far no, as I'm concerned. Nobody is. I'm not either, and that's why I'm dropping him. But I'm, I'm okay. not having the fact that, that you're saying that it's an attitude thing, because it's, it, that's, that would, would have been correct last year, but it's patently yeah. false this year, and it's just lazy analysis. On your behalf. Hey, we're actually agreeing on the same thing. He should be at the side, so why don't we just leave it at that? Well, because we differ on the reasons. But anyway, um, I, mean, I also uh, am very concerned by the fact that uh, Rory Sloan has not been mentioned in injury dispatches because he's clearly not right. Well, I agree with you because he, he definitely limped in during that game. There was some limping going on, and... I don't think he should be playing, to be honest. I mean, if he if he's not, if he had been uh, a marginal player, uh, you know, one that played regularly but only a marginal player, and his name wasn't Sloan, he wasn't the previous captain, he wouldn't be in the side. 
he's 33 years of age and uh, he's not capable we hasn't been so far capable of producing the form that justifies him being in the side so if i mean if he was um pretty the goose who just got a, was a half back flanker or a winger and just yeah. performed model he, he'd be out he'd be out so yeah. i think they're showing him too much respect in the sense that um i mean roy should just uh, rather than say drop you, dropping him, they just they should tell Roy to say that he's got a slight injury and he will rest this week. But well, that's what I, that's what should happen. I I don't think he should be dropped. I actually think that he needs to get more rehab into that knee. He clearly can't run two ways. He clearly struggles moving laterally because yeah. like he pulls up sore whenever he does it. So he's not fit enough to, to go through a, a professional game of AFL football, which means he's not right for our ones and he's not right for the SNFL team either. So they mm. should rest him. He should be on the injury list. Yep, well, but they will play him. I bet they play him. Oh, no doubt. No doubt they will. Um, and it's really annoying because if it were me, um, the blowtorch that you've so harshly turned on Sam Berry... I would I would rip out of your hands and turn it on our senior players like Sloan and Brody Smith. If you want well, to get shitty about a couple of players, I'm get shitty three about three those blow, players. Have three blow torches been? You have to limit yourself to one. Well, I'm, I'm not going. I'm not going to have people hanging hanging on a kid because he's had two bad games after two seasons. That should be finished. Two, se- two seasons, Sam Berry, two seasons of quality output and he has two bad games and you, you've you gone started throwing darts at him, whereas Brody Smith, Brody Smith, hang on, Brody Smith has given us 100 games of mediocrity over the last 100 games that he's played and not a word from you. Not a word. I criticise him every week. Gosh. What do you want? You want me to get a pee? You want me to come up with a cricket bat and dog dog him over the head or something? Yes, yes, that's what I want. Oh, <laughs> I tell you every week, and then he, he just kicks, kicks great big bloody things in the air rather than trying to find oh, I know a man. What I he does. I know what I he does. I him every week. So I don't, I don't spare the blowtorch. Right. So if if it were me, I'd actually, uh, if you're going to play Sloan, take him back to halfback, bring Geordie Dawson up onto the wing. But they won't do that. They'll leave Sloaney up on a wing. Uh, we've got to replace Parnell. I'd replace him with um, uh, Geordie Butts and go one taller. Um, we've got to replace Harry Schoenberg. I would replace him with somebody, uh, probably Chase Jones, and start him as a sub. And we've got to replace... Um, That's who he's short on the field then. What's that, sorry? He's still one short on the field then. Well, we've got to play, replace Darcy and I'd bring in Lockie Gallant for Darcy. So, hang on. That's... Uh... So, Parnell, Parnell out, Schoenberg out, Fogarty out. Yeah. And in... Himmelberg out. No, and oh, Himmelberg. Sorry, and Himmelberg out, you're right. In comes, um, who did I say now? Chase Jones, Jordan Butts, Lockie Gallant. I need one more, don't I? Um, what about Phil Thorpe? 
Well, he's already in because he's, he's... No, he was a sub. He was, he was a, a sub, sub, so he's not out. He's in. No, that's always counted as out. You have a look. But, he's already, he but, he, but he's already in the 23. He doesn't yeah, need... But... He's not replacing... Yeah. He's replacing someone on the field. He's got to replace a starting 22 player. Oh, Jesus, Macca. Oh, I'm right, mate. You have a look. I've when you have a look... I've when they put this... Thing, if you look at the teams every week, when you look at the ends, the player that had been a sub the week before is called an in, and in brackets, sub last week. I don't give a shit. I don't have... You're to... wrong. You're, you're a player short. I know I'm a player short. I've just been counting it out. So you said bring in Riley Thilthorpe. He's already there. I've got to bring in another player, right? So I'm probably... I don't know who I'm bringing in. Do I bring in... I'm probably bringing in Jackson Haightley, you know. Well, he's a possibility. He is a possibility. I put him down as the possibility because that there's there's not a heap of them that you can actually do, bring in. And it could be a Jones. It could be a Haightley, a Hamill, a Miller. Uh, you didn't... Well, Gallant. Actually, you didn't mention Miller. What are you going to do with Miller? Well, oh, I don't think out. he's coming up. Although he's, apparently he's available. No, I wouldn't play him. I wouldn't either, but they, they, they may well play him. Well, if they play him, it's a massive mistake. He's not, he doesn't deserve um, straight back in after an injury. He's, he's missed too many games now. Well, I agree. Yeah, he's played one game in... Uh, one game what, in the last three... So, like, he played the yeah, first... Was, well, he, played two, he played two, and he played one, and he, he did miss last year. Well, we've got to count pre-season. So he played the first pre-season thing against Frio, but he missed the one against West Coast, and then he played round one, and then he missed last mm. week, so he's played one in three, mm. two in four. Which isn't good enough. Not good no, enough. No, that's what I'm saying. I, I don't think... I, I doubt whether he's got the fitness required to run out a game. So I wouldn't be picking him. I'd have him running in the twos. Yeah, I'm with you on that. But I don't, I'm not sure that they'll see it the same way. No. Uh, Agreed. Uh, Willie Rioli is uh, a very quick player. And that, when you mentioned about Sloan going back on a half-back flank, and I've been advocating that in previous weeks. But I don't know this is a week for that, when you're probably going to put, then put a Willie Rioli on him. He'd run all around him. Chase Jones would be the one for Rioli. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Um, you know, when you look at their forward line, it's it's Dixon and Marshall, and then it's Rioli and Arazio. Um, uh, uh, the other got the other go, uh, tall guy they've got. Um, no, Georgiatis. Georgiatis got three, they've got the three tools, so we've got it. That's where we've got to match them with Butts, uh, Murray, and. Well, it'll it'll have to be Dudo. Dudo, Dudo. Yeah, yeah. Dudo. Oh, Murray. That's Murray and Dudo, yeah. Yeah, you said Murray already. Have you been drinking again tonight? I have, it's probably the problem. I haven't had a drop for two days, mate. <laughs> Can you go and get you one? Get, go, and, go and get yourself one. I may, I'll have my make-out grab the water. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so, um, you know, again... We don't have, and you know that might keep Himmelberg in. You know, Mac. No, he's got to go. Apparently, he trained with the twos today. Yeah, so I heard. 
I, and look, he, he, no, he can't, he can't stay. Mm. We've got much talk down back because don't forget the Michelani's tall too. He's one ninety. Um, He's one ninety. Well, it's pretty tall. Compared to, like, you reckon he's going to match... Who are we going to put him on, Dixon? No, no, he's not going to... So we've already nominated... George Artis? We've already nominated... Probably he could go there. But he, we've, we put, we've nominated three blokes who are probably going to go there anyhow, mate. We've done that. Yeah, but then you lose Duday's... Like, Duday's not much taller. Well, Duday's as, 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 as an intercept player, yeah. Yeah, I don't like the matchups. Um... Anyway, uh, judging by the training, like you said, it, I reckon it'll be two out, Schoenberg and, and Himmelberg. Yeah, plus the, in, the injured player. Plus, and then plus Himmelberg. And Himmel, yeah. Plus Fogg, yeah. Yeah, so Schoenberg, Himmelberg and, and Fogg, I reckon are the three outs. Four, uh, there'll be four outs. Um, Schoenberg, Himmelberg on form, Parnell and oh, Fogarty on on injury. So I reckon that's going to be the four outs. Yeah. And but we're saying Butts has got to come in. We're saying Phil Thorpe's got to come in. That's two. Um, Dude, you don't, count Thim, you don't count Phil Thorpe. He's already in the 23. It's the only 22 take the, can take the field. The, oh, the other ones gee, thanks, thanks for teaching me football 101. You, but you are wrong. Four, if you're dropping four players, you've got to bring in four players. You're not dropping Philthorpe, so you don't bring him in. He's already there. With beaches, and you're wrong. Yeah, wrong. All right, go ahead. So you, you, we're bringing in who? Come on. I'm going to count him out. Okay, if you're capable. <laughs> I won't say that. Um, we're going to bring <laughs> Butts. We're going Butts. to bring in Philthorpe. Still We're going to bring it, yeah. And um, after that, then it's a question of who after that. Yes. Because that, that's the... We've already gone through that, so keep going. So you're into the ground. And then we said Jones. Jones, that's three. And then we said there's one player to go. That's what yeah. I said to you. Keep going. Well, I'm asking you, who's your... I asked you who your fourth player I was. I told you, Glant, but you're you're still one short because you've taken Riley Philthorpe off the Medisub now. You're one short. Yeah, I am. That's what I said. I, yeah, and I said that, that the other player has to come out of uh, Miller, Hamill, or uh, Haley. Hey, you okay. can't... I can't do this tonight, Maka. All right, let's continue. Um, so... You know, Nix has, has talked about um, the young players not being able to change direction during a game. Dawson's talked about the senior players not stepping up and, and taking the lead at vital moments. I guess my criticism is, what are you trained for during the pre-season and what is Nick saying at the breaks? The, the implication of that being what, Fane? The, you're saying that he's not saying the same thing at the break that he's saying in the pre-season? Just asking you, Macca. 
I'm, I'm trying to understand what the question was. He didn't raise a question. It begs the question, what's he saying in the breaks? That's the question. Uh, well, I have no idea what he says in the breaks, to be quite honest, because um, I just, I honestly don't know, because whatever he says doesn't seem to work. What, what do you think he's saying? Well, I mean, you were talking on Sunday about rinse and repeat, and I think Nick says a lot of that. Um, I think, I think, I, I don't think there's a lot of um, independent thinking going on during the breaks. To be honest with you, I, I think it's basically you know work harder, try harder, that sort of stuff. We don't see a lot of change, um, and certainly, um, I don't see at any point during the quarter and three quarter time breaks when we can actually see the players. I don't see the leadership group getting together at any point and discussing you know, um, regulating play on the field. No, I, I tend to agree with you because um, I think his after-match after comments reveal a lot about uh, Nick, in my opinion. Because I say, as I said to you last, uh, on Sunday, rinse and repeat, but he, he, that's basically he seems to only have one message. He doesn't seem to have multi-options to go to. And... Um, we play that way, Pete. When, when obviously the the style of play that's being played needs something different than what we're providing, we just keep on playing in the same manner. So, so we do have uh, a pretty good uh, studio audience tonight, Maka. Uh, considering we're doing it on a Wednesday night and we are live and interactive, so don't forget. If you're on the stage and you want to offer your input, and certainly probably be better than ours. Uh, stick your hand up and we'll get you on stage and uh, if you're on YouTube and you want to have something to stay on the stage um, the Discord um, links should be in all our descriptions and socials and all the rest of it um, so don't be afraid to put your hand up um, Max, so what's our biggest what's our biggest challenge against Port Adelaide? I think it's winning the midfield to be honest with you uh, Yeah I, my analysis of Port Adelaide uh, is this, is that they've got a, a good midfield. When you look at a Rosie, you look at a Butters, you look at a Wines, um, Jane uh, Horn francis he can do some things, but he's not the complete package yet. Um, and they, they often run a couple of other players through there as well, just for minutes. But they, the key characters are Rosie, Butters, Wines, in my opinion, and, that, and that's quality. Every one of those three is quality. I'd love to have every one of them, quite frankly. Um, and that's where, when I line up our players against them, I thought, gee, we look quite feeble by comparison. That's, that's our danger area, in my opinion. If we could just break even in that area, we'd go a long way towards winning the game. And then you go up forward, they've got three tools. And the three tools, they never seem to all fire on the one day, by the way. That's one thing. Um, and uh, I think it's, that you can... It's very rare that that happens. Yeah. So you, you basically, I think you can basically blanket them enough with the three tools, with, the, with tools, but then it gets the ball onto the ground, and then they, they, they rest Rosie and they rest Butters up forward, and Willie Rioli they brought in, and he, and he is dangerous round goals. So I just think if you allow the ball to come in in a certain way, you could get in trouble up forward as well, or down back for us. But... If you actually put enough pressure on the players delivering the ball from midfield, then I think you can break even down back. 
I think our strongest point is obviously our forward line. And not how it is, it, no. It does weaken it. There's no doubt about that. But coincidentally, that I believe that's Port's uh, Achilles heel, is their back line. Now, their back line is, if you rated it in where it sits in the competition, it would have to be, well, it's certainly below the top eight. You know, it's, it's got to be maybe 12th or something like that. It compares poorly to a lot of back lines. And because it lacks a lot of height, um, and there's a lot of sameness about their defenders as well. So um, if we could break even in the middle, I would think we, we, they, we could have a chance of winning it, but it's going to be very hard to because I think that's where their quality sits, which is in the middle. Uh, their Ruckman, he's, he's out of form as, as well at the moment. He's not doing great things, um, but our Ruckman isn't either. So it could be two big bodies just bashing into each other and the ball coming to the ground. So... Um, I don't know that there could be any particular ruck advantage. Um, so really, yeah, I think it just comes back to the midfield. You know, there is an alternative, and that's um, that we basically not forfeit the midfield, but concede that we're probably going to uh, struggle to win the midfield contest. And we... Um, we set up to uh, have a very, not a defensive mindset, but a mindset where most of our attacking forays are, are coming from rebound off half-back flank. Mm. And we play a very defensive setup in the like through the midfield. Play very man-on-man mm-hmm. in the midfield, turn it into a bit of a scuffle in the midfield and allow our strength, which is our rebound off, off defensive 50, um, to come to the fore. Um, I would have more confidence in that game plan being effective against Port Adelaide because what you've got to do is spread them. I think as dynamic as they are, they're not overly... Uh, like They're not bad defensively, but they don't run too hard defence. Like Collingwood cut them up yeah, uh, running, the other, running the other way. They uh, Port Adelaide didn't have the appetite to run both ways. And I think... You know, if you concede that that maybe they have the talent strength in in the middle, then maybe you just you just body up in the midfield and try and and try and minimise their fast breakaway stuff out of stoppage, and you set up to to mount attacks off half back. The problem with that, of course, is that that needs your forwards to come up high, and if you're taking away Himmelberg and Fogarty out of that then you're really limiting, I think, our ability to link up um, during that transition. Yeah, uh, there's no argument about that. It depends. I mean, if you're coming from the uh, centre of the ground, it's a hell of a lot easier to have a, have a meaningful attack rather than uh, coming back from half-back because it's put in Smith's hands and it's just a great big bomb up forward and that means a contested ball and every chance of being cleared. So you're right. Um, but I think... We, I don't think we can afford to play him in this particular game in the form that he's in. Um, the question I was going to put to you, would you take a big gamble and bring Dawson up onto the wing? I don't think it's a gamble. I think it's a necessity. Well, Nix is, de- is defence-orientated, so I can see him putting Dawson down back to save the, to save the game rather than putting him on a wing to try and win the game. But, but hang on. Matthew Nix has said that this year it's time to win. So why would you set up that way? 
this is this is one of my big criticisms of Matthew Nix is the fact mm-hmm. that he has come out aggressively in the preseason and the the message from the club is that this year it's time to win. The boys are sick of losing and it's time to win. And then you set the team up to fail by having your best player playing deep in defence. Mm, I agree with you, 100%. So ask me if Dawson should be on the wing. He should be on the wing every week. I think so. I have no doubt about it. I, that's where I would start him. And I'd be trying to play him there. And sometimes I'd put him in the centre square as well. Yeah, I don't know about the centre square. I think he benefits from a little bit of space. He's good in traffic, but I don't know whether he's good in close smacker. I think you're going to get best out of Geordie being the receiver out of the out of the out of the stoppage. Yeah. Um, but um, and you know, I'm noticing a couple of um, comments in the chat. I'm not saying we should play defensively as such. I just feel like in terms of our midfield, in, in and it kind of, kind of ties in with what Nick said the other day, where um, the team needs to know when the game's there to be won, and the team needs to know when the game needs to be saved. I think in terms of the midfield, I think that they need to play a saving game style to minimise the damage of Port's midfield rather than yep. rather than trying to be too attacking and too aggressive. I think we need to bottle that part of the game up and make it into a bit of a slog and just make sure we had players on the outside and we have our link-up game going all right that we can actually get them on the counter because I think that's probably our best opportunity. Uh, well, I can't, there's nothing to disagree with in that comment because that's exactly what I think too. I, I would, as I said, I do worry by the fact that you know one of our strengths has been being able to have techs and fog come quite up, quite high up the ground. We're not going to get the same level of service from um, uh, from Glant if he plays. Um, you know, we're probably going to get a contest out of Riley, but I, I suspect that if Thilthorpe plays. Aaliyah will go straight to him and he will absolutely butcher Riley Thielthorpe. And which means that our only effective forwards are going to be Tex and um, Gallant, given that we don't have, um, you know, McAdam back. So, you know, I can see the danger of a, a lot of balls getting dumped on Lockie Murphy's head. <laughs> uh, well, nothing much will happen if that's the case. Um... Yeah, um, I don't know if they can afford Aaliyah to drop right back um, because they haven't got any much uh, height he anywhere be, else. He won't be dropping right back, but he'll play on Thilthorpe. Yeah, well, um, he probably would. Uh, or who would play on Tex then? Oh, does it James? matter? Does it matter? Well, it matters for in terms of being able to try and win the game. It matters what he's saying. Well, I th- I think Port would be quite happy to give away you know four or five behinds, and let Tex have shots for goal. <laughs> That's cruel. Oh, hey, no, look, I don't. I look, Tex didn't look great. The the, the Richmond fellow, what's his name? Um, forgot his name that was on him last week. Absolutely um, uh, lowered Tex's colours, in my opinion. Had a look at the stats. I was surprised how many times Tex actually had possession of the ball. Thing he had a lot had more disposal, uh, but he just uh, had one of those days where he didn't use it when he had his set shots and he missed, and which is not not normal his normal game. Um, yeah, and overall he didn't bolter. Yeah, bolter. bolter he, that's he, the one. Yeah, 
Yeah, he played very, very well. Bolter did. Yeah, didn't didn't really. I mean, Tex got a bit of the ball up the ground, um, but you know, it wasn't a threat up forward. Bolter blanketed him where it mattered, and that's in the in our forward fifty. Yep. Yep. So you wonder where our goals are going to come from because I, I see that we're going to struggle in transition, um, and I feel, you know, as much as I think. You know, if you're going to drop Thilthorpe, you got no, uh, if you're going to drop Himmelberg, you've got no choice but to play Thilthorpe. I actually think that Riley will get destroyed by Aaliyah earlier. Uh, I still don't think... I still think Aaliyah will probably go to Tex. That's what I think. Not a chance. Not a chance. Because Tex will run him up and down the ground. Aaliyah does, they don't want Aaliyah playing that game. They want Aaliyah camped in defensive 50. Tex will run him right up the wings and all the rest of it. They won't. They, there's no. There's not a chance. When was the last time Aaliyah played on Tex? I can't remember the last time Aaliyah played on Tex. I'd have to go back and have a look at the tape. I, I couldn't tell you, Fane, but because I don't know who's to. I don't don't bother remembering individual things like that. I, I think I think I think they would use the opportunity to exploit Thilthorpe's inexperience, and I think that you'll find that that. Aaliyah won't spend a lot of time outside of defensive 50. Well, they're I'm saying in the chat that it, Aaliyah, Aaliyah played Tex last time in the last show now. Now, go back and watch it. Well, I'm not saying making the statement. Those are making the statement. Um, yeah, but I think uh, the way that... Look, we have, the thing we have to do is try and neutralise the, the middle, as you said, turn it into a scrap... But when we do get an opportunity to try and flick it out wide and come in, come in quickly, and to cat a bit, because as I said, a Port's defence I rate as one of the lower defences in the league. If you can, once you bring that ball in quickly, you've got a real chance of scoring against Port. Yeah, and what I'm saying is, I don't think we've got the ability to do that. Oh, we probably haven't. I'm not saying because I think well, we're, we're losing, we're we're missing too many of the key elements of our of our um, of our transition, in my opinion. Um, so it's going to be a struggle to move the ball quickly, in my opinion, because the the blokes that are key about that, the one the one bloke that I'm going to be very interested to see if he can back up last week's game as Lockie Scholl, because I thought point. he did particularly well. And he did actually help us in transition. And I think if they played him and Dawson on the wings, we would get quite a bit of mm. ball use uh, through that middle middle section of the ground. Would um, make a massive difference the way the ball came in. Yep. Um, but then, of course, you're, 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 you know, we've already mentioned that Duda is going to be uh, um, playing quite a defensive role on one of the tools. You take Geordie out of the out of the back lines, and then you're relying on Brody Smith, then, um, mm. or perhaps a Chase Jones. Um, so all of a sudden, you know, again, it becomes a little bit dicey. So you can see, even if Dawson went up, you could see him playing defensive side of the wing, quite, you know, being that first link. Yeah, probably. No, that's that is the problem. Is that we? Yeah, they, in the areas they're strong. We're and out forward, um, without Dawson there, we don't look strong. Mm. We look we look vulnerable without him. That's the problem. Yeah. But but, we, but but if we're ever going to learn to be a good side, we have to learn to be able to play without him back there. Well, because he's a, he's a great attacking weapon. I, I mean, he he started off playing half back to Sydney, and he was he was very good. He plays like he he does here, 
But they moved him in his last season there. They moved him into onto the wing, and he became dynamic, absolutely dynamic. He yeah. was just setting up goal after goal. Yeah, and I agree 100% with you, and this is my criticism of Nix and why I said on Sunday that he was coaching selfishly, because if taking Geordie out of defence leaves a deficiency, then that's a deficiency that we have to live with and we have to try and find a solution for, not just plug it up for the sake of you know, um, uh, reducing losing scores. They've got to find an alternative. You know, They wasted half of jo- Josh Worrell's season last year persisting mm. with Tom Duday with a broken hand and Jordan Dawson down back as well. That's and right. to me, to me it's, it's selfish coaching. And we, we spent all those tickets in the, in the draft on, on, a, on a lad that can, is a very attacking player who kicks the ball really well. You get him out on the open and, and he'll do damage and you're playing him as a, locked, as, a, as a quarterback defender. It's ridiculous. So you and I are 100% uh, in sync on, on mm. Jordan. Um, but in this particular game, I think un- unless our midfield can lift substantially, substantially, Macca, if, if we do end up trying to um, you know, launch uh, scoring efforts from half-back, I think we're going to have trouble transitioning the ball because of our outs up forward. Yeah, I, I don't think there's any argument about that. We, we are, we're weaker up forward than we normally are. And we've already got McAdam missing for a start. And McAdam yes. was in, he was in scintillating form, McAdam. Yes, yes. I, I mean, that, and that's a big out. You put a Murphy in for a McAdam, it doesn't balance. It's not equal. I can see why they put Murphy in, and that's for some defensive pressure. But when you look at Lockie's stats, he didn't really offer as much in, in defensively. Um, in that forward 50. So then you think to yourself, well, is he the solution or do we need to bring in, you know, Lockie Gallant and maybe a Braden Cook? Well, I don't think you bring in Cook uh, because um, this is, I mean, it's, it's going to be a tough game and, and uh, he hasn't, I think he's only had a couple of games, or he had a few games last year, but um, I, d- I don't know whether Cook would provide the pressure that you you need. Do you do you gamble on a McHenry for that pressure in place of? I mean, not that you're saying he's a great player, but he will pressure. Um, well, I mean, if you don't think you're getting the output from Murphy, then I mean they're very similar players. If you ask me, I think Lockie Murphy's got maybe a, a fraction more goal sense and is better kicking the ball inside fifty than Ned is. But if your main concern is forward fifty pressure, then I think they're interchangeable. And if you don't getting if you're not getting it from Lockie, you may as well try Ned. Yeah, and I don't I mean uh, McHenry on a permanent basis when we've got all of our players available. But I'm just thinking in this particular game, he might be the right type of player to bring in for for that scrambling type player to to try and keep the ball in the area. Don't disagree at all with that. Wouldn't wouldn't be opposed, Macca. Mm. Um, all right. So um, now we went for an hour on Sunday, which means that we should have only gone for thirty minutes tonight. But we've gone for fifty-four, Mac. So uh, Mick's been waiting patiently, and he he always makes sense. And we're not making a lot of sense tonight. So I'm going to invite Mick in, just so that we can finish off with some semblance of sensibility. Mick, come into the bloody stage and talk sense. 
<laughs> How's everyone going today? G'day, mate. Good to hear from you, mate. Yeah, just got a couple of questions for you. On pound for pound, which midfield would you rate better? Richmond or Port? Richmond. Well, yeah, it's, kick, it's an interesting one. Kick straight, if we'd kick straight all game, um, and in, well, I've watched the game twice now, and you can see in the last half of the, uh, the fourth quarter, we were just cramping up bad, and I put that down to the week before what we went through. Acceptable. Yeah, the, yeah. First half, the first half was deplorable in that game. It was, I don't know where we were or what we did. But we did get back into it. Now, if we'd kicked straight, we wouldn't have even had to have got back into it because we wouldn't have been that far behind in the first place. Correct. So while we look like shit, I don't think we're as bad as everyone thinks we are. I don't think so either, um, Mick, but I think that a couple of our outs this week um, are quite key. Um yeah, if fog if fog misses, yes, that's gonna that's gonna be that's gonna that's gonna hurt. But I, you know, you're bringing Gallant. I know he's not the same as Fog, but you can, you know, last show down he played and he did kick five goals, which is not a bad effort. And you were saying about Aaliyah onto Philthorpe and how um, he'd destroy him, which he probably would in a one-to-one. Um, you know, marking contest, but Thilthorpe's got well and truly enough aerobic capacity to go up and down on the wings, like you said that Fog, that that Walker would do. I think Thilthorpe could running him off his legs if he wanted to. Well, I think that'd be the tactic, but I reckon what Port would do say um, would be to um, allow a leader to stay back, and they'd have someone else run up there with with uh, Riley or with Tex, for that matter, if that was the matchup. Yeah, well, that just comes down to the forwards to actually realise when once he's dropped off one for the other one to go. Mm-hmm. So he has to follow. Yep. Maybe um, that's smart. That comes down. That's comes down. Well, you know, you'd think someone has played over two hundred games and used to be the captain would should should know something. Oh, um, man, and if he there's doesn't, a few well, of those in the side. <laughs> yeah. And the, well, one of one of our ex captains shouldn't be in the side. He shouldn't be on the wing. He's a liability. Mick, I'll tell you one person who could really exploit Port Adelaide and have a really big impact on the game, and that's Riley O'Brien. Riley O'Brien should actually run rings around Laddams, uh, not Laddams, what's his name? Um, Lysette around the ground. Around the ground. He should be able to get forward and take marks. He should be able to drop back and take marks. Riley O'Brien, if he was playing the type of game that he was playing two years ago, he has got a really big opportunity to have a massive influence on this game. But I, but I don't see he hasn't played like that. I thought the best. Go on. The last half of the last game, he was actually probably played the best I've seen him play for a while. He Tony did take marks. a lot of contested yeah. marks. I do agree. Yeah. yeah, I thought he was probably beaten overall, um, but Nan Curvis is a crafty player, a very crafty player. Um, Lysett's a player who's not in form at the moment, and he also carries a lot of injuries, and he's had a lot of injuries. 
So this is Rob's chance, as Fiend says, to, to, to make his mark on the game. He, he really has got a chance to make a mark here. Neil, you were saying about a replacement for um, Schoenberg, who I do believe needs to, needs to be dropped. Like, he's offered us nothing, which is disappointing because I really had him pegged for a breakout year. Me too, um, yeah. But we've got a young kid that's been playing in the SRFL for, and I can't mean sitting here in my car, trying to rack my brain, so I think he'll be his name. Zach Taylor. But he's played in the SRFL last year, Zach Taylor. I know it's a hard game to bring him in on, but would you think about bringing him in as a sub and giving him like the, well, not a sub, but bringing him into half time and get him to really give it a crack? And if he's not doing any good, well, we could sub him out. Mm. Oh, I think it's a gamble. I, I did think and about Zach Taylor before understand. when I was thinking because about sitting, this. But if, every other person we're going to bring into the midfield's a gamble thing. So why not gamble with a kid, not with someone we, we know that's a failure anyway? Well, I wouldn't call Jack Haightley a failure. No, you I wouldn't do that. If, if they played him in the right bloody spot, not trying to turn him into wingman, I'd, I'd, yeah. I'd agree with you. Exactly. If they him in the centre, I think he'd do well. That, that's that's my point. If they played Jack where he was actually doing all right as a, as a tall midfielder instead of pushing him on a wing, you know, I'd, I'd happily give Jack Haightley a run. Um, oh, I don't know about Zach Taylor. Um, he's still pretty light, Mick. Um, and I know we've got a couple of those boys that are doing all right that are fairly light, but um, Port's are a fairly mature midfield. Yeah, but Butters, Butters and Rosie's aren't exactly bloody he-men, mate. No, but they've got they three years of AFL conditioning in them, though. Yeah, yeah, they're smart players too. They are smart players. Yeah. I'm not saying they're not smart, but they haven't got the big, heavy body that's going to hurt him like against some other sides. No, look, I mean, I, you know, if if they ended up debuting Zach Taylor, I wouldn't be unhappy. Uh, it's not a it's not a selection I would make. I wouldn't either. No, uh, look, it, it's a thought. You'd think about it and say, no, not this game. Yeah, but we also need a bit of speed in there too, mate. I mean, you bring in Haightley, yeah, I think he's not a good player. He's a pretty, you know, as a a midfielder, I think he's, he, he could make it. But he's also not very fast, and they've got a fast midfield. Right. They do. The bloke I wouldn't mind seeing getting a bit more of a run through the midfield is Luke Pedler. I know he hasn't got a tank yet. But, yeah, um, you're right there. But he's he's sneaky fast. He's bloody aggressive as hell. And he's got a pretty good pin on him as well. I'd like to see him sneak through rotations. I think Rochelle has shown us that he's a genuine midfielder. I, I don't want any more of this. He's a forward. He's a genuine midfielder. Yeah, God, I love that kid. Yeah, me too, mate. And I think that he's right about Pedler. Um, Pedler, not, not this year. I think Pedler should do his time on a half-forward flank this year. But I reckon next year, when he's got uh, a lot of... A, a bit of AFL grounding in, and good grounding in him, because I mean the guy's tough ass, and he and he, yeah, he will get cracked in midfield next year. I'm sure of it because yeah. he's got that ability to do that. But he's coming back from a he's had a situation where he had an abnormal run of injuries, which has actually uh, delayed his arrival as a, as a top player. So I think he's going to be a top player, and um, oh yeah. And uh, I think, you know, what he's done so far on 
the, the small amount of game time he's had since he's been playing school footy and under 18 footy is, is good. And um, like he showed he showed his real class in the finals last year in, in Sandville, and uh, he's starting to show it to us now at AFL level. And, and I, he will develop in time to having burst through the midfield, but I don't know it'll be this game. No. You, um, you were saying we saw Fiend about uh, trying to match up on their three tolls. And you're saying, you know, we're going to have to put Duday on one of them and we'll lose his, his intercept marking. I don't know whether we will because um, I feel like he's only two centimetres smaller than Geordie Artis. And I think, well, I just don't rate Geordie Artis in the first place. So he could probably actually get the job on him. Well, that's that's actually a very good point. Although Georgie Artis can jump very high, he, when he's in form, unfortunately he's out of form at the moment. Yeah, I mean, I don't think we've seen the, you know, I know it's only Michael only second game, but um, from what I've seen, the kid can bloody play. Look, no, well, last year I thought he played very well, uh, Georgie Artis. Um, I, I've seen both their games this year and. He's a guy that's out of form at the moment. Um, I hope he doesn't re- rediscover it in this particular game. So, yeah, uh, you, you could risk a Michelinia uh, on in this particular game, if need be. If it doesn't work, you can always swap it around. But, you know, for a start, um, give him a shot on him, and that way it still frees up Duday. Um, because I think we are going to have to play it from our back line because we haven't got the speed to match it in the midfield. But who do you actually think is going to replace Schoenberg? Well, that's what we've been debating about so much. <laughs> and because we, we haven't got 100% applied stack in our mind, either of us, really. And that's the problem. Yeah. You, you tell us, Mick. Macca reckons Riley Thilthorpe will replace Harry Schoenberg. I, yeah, didn't yeah, no, I, did, I did hear that. I think Macca something from a concussion tonight. Yeah, he is. Just go and have a look at the list. Just go and when they, when they put the list and a player comes in off who was the sub of the week before. <laughs> I'm not getting back in that one now, Maka. Mate, I'm telling, you, I'm telling you the truth. I'm telling you the truth. Yeah. Now, do you think, like I know it's only his second season, but he come in with a lot of fitness base. Do we just bite the bullet and go, and, and so to Rochelle, here you go, here's a game in the mid. I think that he will be part of the central midfield rotations, Mick. I mean, he, he has been playing in there a bit, but not as much as what Schoenberg has. So let him just take a full, th- the full as lot much that as Schoenberg can, had. Yeah, as much as he can take anyway, I reckon. Yeah, yeah. And then that means we've got to pick another half forward. Oh, that, and that's the point where we were debating it, you know, and that you just choices are really Jones, Hately. Uh, uh, Jones is down back for Parnell. Well, if we're going to do it in a straight swap there, then that leaves Hately. I reckon we should bring in Riley Thilthorpe for him, to be honest with you. Thank <laughs> you. I... I know you've shot me down before on this person, and I've I've brought it up a few times. And yes, it would be a bloody hard hard game you bring him in on. But he didn't do too bad in the in the preseason games. How about Newchurch? Mate, because he had test him with speed. You, you know the side of a kiss. 
It's also the sign of a cross. No way. If you want a guy who doesn't put in, doesn't chase, and doesn't put in dedicated effort, he'll put a little bit of effort where the ball is, and then he, there's no second effort. Watch him closely. He's got to really improve his attitude before he'll ever play a league game, but I don't think he ever will. Have you, have you ever seen players, Macca, that play half their, half their capacity in the lower league, but when they have to oh, go up higher, they, they really put in? That's not new church, Mick. That's not new church. Yeah. No, you, I'm you sorry. Mean, you, I, I'm not seeing that. I, I, yeah. I, the the kid doesn't make an effort. He's he's light. He's you know he's got a few tantalising qualities. He's lightning fast. He's got a bit of gold sense. But he's only he's not gonna he's not gonna be around the contest. He's not gonna get his he's not gonna get into where he needs to be to to do any damage, Mick. All right. Who, what, who else are you going to put in? The young, a uh, small because you're taking the shelling out. Who else are you going to put in? Yeah, there? I, I, I really don't know to be honest with you. Um, you know, so you could, I, I mean, we've, we've you could slot a Zach Taylor maybe. into half forward. You could bring McHenry in. Um, you could try Braden Cook as a bit of a um, bit more versatility. In Cook. fact, I'd. I'd think about Cook as a as a sub, to be honest with you, because he can play forward and back. As uh, a sub, like Cook. Yeah, now you've brought up Cook. Now you know Cook would be probably better than than the than the other three options, really. Because yeah. I go, you know, I, I I do rate Cook. Yeah, I don't know what sort of uh, form he's been in, but in terms of his qualities, I think he's probably the most versatile. Um, yeah. You know, so surely we don't bring, we don't try Ned again. Like we know what he gives, he gives manic pressure. But like you look at the guy after the game, like I've, I've defended Ned more than anyone, I think. But you look at the stats after the game, yeah, he might give a lot of one percenters, but there's not many, not many tackles. And when he does make a tackle, the umpires hate him so much they give it a free kiss against yeah, him that's anyway. Right. That's right. So. Well, no, selection's going to be very interesting, I think. And, um, you know, there's a, there's a couple of different ways that the club can go. Um, you know, I, I, I must admit, I'm not as anti-Himmelberg as, as most of you guys. I'd be quite happy to see Himmelberg stay. I'm not either. I, I if, if we I retained I, I Himmelberg, Himmelberg... If we retained Himmelberg down back, it gives us far more flexibility. I think dropping Himmelberg actually hamstrings us a bit, to be honest with you. But yeah. so are you, are you, well, it depends. Are you guys bringing back uh, uh, butts and back into the into the team? Yep. Well, you can't bring in another tool down there. You've you've got enough tools already. You have too many tools and not enough smalls. That's your opinion, Mac. Well, you can't play oh, yeah. five, five tools. You can't play five tools. Well, who's counting five tall? Well, you were talking about getting Dawson out of the, out of the back line, weren't you? Well, he's not a tall. Yeah, but you're asking him to play tall. 190 odd centimetres. No, but, but's, butts on Dixon. Um, him will be on, on. Hang on a minute. Butts on Dixon. Murphy, um, Murray on um, Marshall and Himmelberg on George Artis. There you go. There's your three matchups. If you, yeah, look, Himmelberg's not required. Well, that's your opinion. We're we're debating that with you, Macca. 
because I say, I say, I I say that Himmelberg, uh, dropping Himmelberg actually um, makes us less flexible. We don't need less flexibility. We need ability, not flexibility. We need ability. We need the ability to be to get it right in the first place, mate. And if you've already got Murray, if you bring in Butt, that's two. You've got Dude, which is three. You've got Michelani, which is Dude four. Dude's not a tall. We complain about playing Dude on a tall all the time, and now you're saying to play him on a tall back. No, he could no, he could play on that. Um, what's his name? The one that's out of form for them at the moment. Hadn't been hadn't been getting a kick. What were we talking about before? Yeah. Anyway, we're going around in circles. We're going around in circles. We know your opinion, Macker. I've stated my opinion, Mick. Um, I've enjoyed listening to your opinion, um, but we could uh, go around for hours on this, and uh, I'm sure we're starting to bore people who are listening. So let's let's leave it there. <laughs> yeah, I, and, need to, I need to get back to work anyway. Yeah, stop slacking off, mate. <laughs> Always good to hear you. All Catch right. you later, Mick. Yeah, mate. Thank you. See ya. Bye. All right, Mac, I reckon we're just about done. Uh, just a couple of things before we finish up, though. Um, we didn't cover the Fantasy League on uh, Sunday night because we got rudely interrupted by the internet gods. So let me just log in here. How'd your uh, um, dream team go, mate? Uh, outstanding. I'm in two comps and I'm leading. Jeez, you're just a bit of a gun with that, aren't you? Uh, I spent a lot of time on it. Yeah. What's your secret? Yeah. To get it right in the first place. To get in the, you, know, you put the right players. Yeah, it's all about you, making... Are you a... Um, are you a uh, do you load up and then have a light bench or do you have a more even spread? What's your, what's your tactic? No. Yeah, guns and rookies. Guns and, Guns and yeah, 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 and yeah, yeah. I've I've already uh, made about. I think it, uh, I've increased my uh, bank by about ten uh, percent so far. About eight percent. About eight yeah, percent already. That's not bad. Yeah, no, it's the way to go. And then you turn the, get enough rookies. You turn two rookies into um, a gun and another yeah. rookie. It's a, it's a team. It's not new. Uh, I mean, I think the guys that win all the comp- competitions, like the real big time ones, they use that approach. And so, good enough for them. It's good enough for me. I use it in my comps and I, I win the money all the time. Yeah, there's two approaches, but that's the one I think that I tend to favour, not that it does me any good. Uh, here's the tipping comp. We can see Sam G uh, um, is still on top with 21, uh, sorry, with 11, along with uh, Bradley and Billy. Um, our best scorer was six last week. I think only one person got six out of nine. That was um, Mark D. Um, I only got four, which is the same as the previous week. So I'm down on 14, on 14th, Mac, uh, which is no good. Um, and the thing that annoys me is that Crow's Gill is one above me, so I'll have to do something about that this week. She's two above me, actually. Um in the um you're not in our tipping comp are you mate no no it's a bit of a wuss really 
Oh, I don't really like tipping comps. I'm not that good at that. Not so good at tipping comps? No. Can't, can't be good at everything, I guess. Um, no. So after two rounds, uh, Jack A is on top in our fantasy league, in the in the main fantasy league, uh, with John C, Jad, Tony, Christian. And uh, I'm not doing too bad, Macca, but I just had a couple of... I had a bit of a lean week last week with a couple of players that you'd... Like, the Port boys did me in. Connor only got 81 or something, and Horn Francis went to sleep. Um, and... Uh, and Tom Green had a quiet game against West Coast too, which was unexpected. Yeah, he was. He well down. So that's our uh, fantasy and tipping comp. You can always, if you want to join our tipping comp, it's not too late. You can still hook in there. Um, obviously, the fantasy leagues are closed, but uh, if you want to have a tip, get around it. Um, also, don't forget that we're in the final... Oh, shit, I should have actually... Drawn that last week. Who won the bloody... Let's have a look. We should have drawn the... Um, the merch... Competition. Let me just find it. Monthly giveaway. Um, oh, 1990 Crow won the... Uh, won this month's uh, t-shirt giveaway. Well done, 1990. I'll, uh, well done, mate. I'll get hold of you uh, in DMs on Discord and we'll organise a um, a T-shirt for you, mate. Uh, so well done. Uh, and in a couple of days' time, watch out for the April giveaway. I don't know. We might make it uh, something other than a T-shirt next time. We might make it a cap or something. Um, but good stuff there. Um, I think that might be all the uh, gratuitous stuff we need to cover, Mac. Well, on... You're in charge of that department, mate. The only thing that I've got left to ask you, mate, is who do you think is going to win on the weekend? I think that Port will win. Port comfortably, do you think? Uh, no, not necessarily comfortably. Um, but uh, unfortunately, I think that they will win. Look, I'm not saying we can't pull it out, but it'll be pulling one out. Uh, yeah, I think it'll be relatively comfortable. And... That then begs the question, we'll be three zip and looking down the barrel, Mac. Well, at, and so at, will Nick. At what so point, at what point yeah. will Matthew Nix start having the blowtorch turned on him? Publicly, not for a while. Uh, privately, after this week. And uh, I think that... Um, he really has to get some uh, wins on the board before the uh, the buy rounds, because if we say we've only won two or three games by the time the buy rounds come come along, I would say that uh, he'd be getting told that he's gone at the end of the year, or he may even just do it. Mm. I'm I'm less. Uh... Less inclined to think that they'll replace him, to be honest with you. Well, you think he'll get all through the whole year? Well, I don't think he should if those are the uh, if the results go that way. But the one thing that I will say is that I'm not in favour of the club ditching him for another rookie coach. I think no, that's a mistake we've made a couple of times, and I would only be in favour of them getting rid of Matthew Nix if they could secure an experienced coach 
with some runs on the board. Buckley? Do you know who I'd be chasing? Um, I'm listening. John Longmire. Oh, he'd be a damn good case, but you, I don't think you'll ever get him out of there. He's, I don't know. He's been at Sydney for a long time, Macca. I think he just uh, got re-signed for that. Are you sure? I think, yeah, I think he, I think he just got re-signed for another couple a uh, couple of years. Yeah, I'd have to check on that because I really don't know. But if not if not Longmire, then uh, you'd have to think about someone. Of a, I, I'm I'm just not in favour of getting rid of Nick's for <laughs> Joe Blog's assistant coach. There's to me, there's no point. Yeah. There's one thing I just want to mention. I was thinking this myself before in private. It was after when I had nothing to do. And the club is sort of uh, shooting itself in the foot in the sense that and there would have been a time when the uh, barracks for the Crows would have been, been 70% of the state and 30% of the state would have gone for Port Adelaide. And now I think that ratio would be closer to about 55 the Crows and 45 the Port. But what's happening, of course, is that I don't the think longer that's you... true at all. Well, I think it is, and I well, think the have longer. Have you done a survey? Uh, are no, there any I haven't. Stats to back that up, but they quoted that on Five uh, AA, so you can have the argument with them. Well, um, here's the argument that I'd put to you: Have a look at the attendances. Yes. Right, attendances will tell you that that's a big load of rubbish, Macca. I think Five AA are, are Port Shields. And they are just there to pump Port's tyres up, and I would be amazed, shocked, if that ratio that you just said, that they just said, is true, because the well, crowds, the crowds, do not support that argument. Yeah, what I'm the point I'm making is not so much even at the present; it's about the future. It's little kids like to go for winners, and the longer we're down the bottom, there's chances that little kids are likely to go for Port Adelaide because they're winning. Yeah, uh, or winning more games about, than we. We've talked about that before, the whole battle for hearts and minds. Yeah, but I, I, yeah, I just think that that's something that they've got to... They've, we do have to start winning sooner or later, otherwise it's going to be very hard down the tread, uh, down, the, down the, uh, the way, just to, to keep our percentage of support up. And, you know, and it's money for the club, particularly now that we're going into... Uh, we're going so into heavy I don't, I, don't, I don't like that train of thought at all. Well, I'll tell you what. Train, I'll tell you what gets people through the through the gates, and that's premierships. And what you're saying is what the club has done for the last ten years is make the eight, and anything can happen. Make sure we're always in contention, and that has killed this club over the last ten years. And our club has been a slave to that number for that very reason, and it has killed this club. So I am strongly, strongly opposed to any tactic that makes us a side that's in contention. I want us to win premierships. Uh, and look, that, that's fair enough. That's, that's fair enough. But what, I'm, what I mean is that uh, if you're not going to do it on the field, you've got to do a hell of a lot of work off the field to make sure you, you, you win the hearts of the kids that coming up. They'll be the barracks of the future. Yeah, I know. Well, the, I mean, that's what we're here for, to win premierships, Macca. To win premierships, you look at every. You look at you look at Richmond's membership and how that's gone through the roof since they've three peated, right? You look at any club who's been successful and the impact that that's had on their membership. I'm not interested in the club 
getting to a point where they're where they're solid teams every year in contention, just miss out on a prelim, blah blah blah. I'm not interested in that. That's what, that's what we've been dished up for the last ten years because we've been happy with mediocrity. You know, that's why we got rid of the last regime. I'm not interested in that. I'm interested in a club that wants to win flags. And okay. I don't see, I don't see that replacing Matthew Nix with another rookie coach is going to give us any value. I would rather see Matthew Nix no. continue until we can get ourselves a bona fide coach. I would I would first and foremost, I would I would rather see Matthew Nix succeed. Right? First and foremost, I don't wish any ill on Nixie or any of the coaching staff down there at all. I want them to succeed. I have my doubts, but I don't see the value in replacing him with some other assistant. No, I didn't say to replace him with another assistant. I didn't, I, was, say he did. that was, I didn't say he did. That's my opinion. Right. I'm just saying that, uh, that I would say that by the buy rounds, he might be just not necessarily a bit getting the sack, but he might be deciding his fate for the year. Yeah, or as I said, deciding his fate only only if we've got someone lined up, Mac. Otherwise, what's well, the point? Well, you don't get rid of someone if you're smart. You don't get rid of somebody until you've got somebody locked up. Well, we've done it before. We got rid of Pikey, yeah. didn't we? Well, yeah, but we haven't of... been very we haven't been very smart though. <laughs> No, that's right. Well, and it begs the question, who's available? And that's why I plucked Longmire's um, name out of a hat and I didn't know whether it's available or not. But to me, unless you're going to get a coach like that, and we've had, you know, uh, we've had Clarkson come into this, onto the scene. We've had um, um, uh, Ross Lyon come back into the scene. We've had Brad, Brad Scott come back into the scene. You know, there's, there's to me, unless you prize a coach out of another club, the only one that the only one that even closely remotely fits that bill is Nathan Buckley. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, and I, no, and, thank you, James Hurd. No, no, thank you. Uh, look, the bloke you nominated along my would be perfect. He's a guy that um, he's a hard man, he, but he be, uh, but his players still still love him, and he uh, plays a very good brand of football. It's a, a winning. Uh, brand of football, and and it's a continuous brand of football. So yeah, okay. he'd be as good as any in, in the league. But you you won't be able to get him because he's as I said, he just had done a re-sign. So mm. you'd have to be looking at somebody that's available and probably um, either unless you can like pinch a Hardwick off of Richmond um, or a, a Buckley. But uh, Nix is look. I, I I hope it is Nix who can make it. I've just, you know, I haven't doubted him totally, but this year. But we, the way we started, um, well, it's only two games. We'll we'll talk more about him later. I'm sure we will. And on that note, thanks everyone for joining us tonight. It's been a good, solid discussion, Macca. I'm sure that you've uh, been drinking on the sly there, but that's all right. I had um, no. Yeah, I suspect otherwise. I suspect that on the other side of the fence. Yeah. All right. Well, anyway, look. Uh, if you're listening on demand, uh, you can. If you're listening to the audio on demand, you, I will have spliced this onto the uh, first ep- first part of the episode's um, audio, so you'll be listening to that in one hit. If you're listening to this on YouTube and you haven't seen part one, I will put the link to part one 
in the description. Unfortunately, Mac had, uh, the AFL decided to chuck a copyright block our way on sun- Sunday night as well. Uh, so the YouTube video got blocked. So I'm working my way through that with AFL Media at the moment because I've never had a problem in the past. Oh, great. I've actually, well, I, I actually last season got permission from them to to put in uh, small clips so that we could analyse them. They didn't have a problem with it, but uh, just randomly out of the blue, they chucked a copyright block down. So that'll take a little bit of resolving, but I will uh, re-upload the video without the without those clips um, and you'll be able to watch that on YouTube. Uh, link will be in the description of this one. In the meantime, thanks everyone for joining us on this Wednesday night. Uh, look forward to discussing the, the showdown uh, next weekend. In the meantime, Macca, take care. Everyone take care and we'll see you later on. Good night all.